Welcome back. Good morning, Bobby. How you doing? Well, it's another Monday morning in January. We're still in January, right? Yep, January 24th, 2022. My name is Bobby Flood. That's Jordan Bruno sitting across from me here in the Mind Virus bunker. And this is the Mind Virus podcast. You know that because you clicked on it. That's right. I think. Downloaded it to your listening device. I say that listening device, not because you use it to listen to us, but because (laughs) they out there, they use it to listen to you. It's a good point, Bobby. (laughs) But thanks for downloading and clicking and listening. And we are back again for another episode. This would be episode, I've lost track. I think it's 59. 59. 59 episodes. So if you're new to the show, you've got 59 58 episodes already up there <laughs> of <or> work <laughs> uh, no. on the website, on Spotify, on Apple, all of the big platforms that host all the big podcasts like ours. Right. That's right. <laughs> Last week's episode was really good, I thought. The Free Guy breakdown was fun. Yeah, we and we- long. We broke down Free Guy, the movie Free Guy, last week. It was our, I think, I think our longest episode at three and a half hours. Yeah, by probably a good 45 minutes, maybe. And if you're only interested in the Free Guy conversation, you can fast forward to about the one hour mark. Yeah, that whole fast forward idea is sort of out the window anymore. Don't you just kind of look at the slider and click? Be kind. Rewind. That's right. <laughs> How many of you remember that? I think, Post yeah. on the website. Let I us re- know if you re- remember rewinding the VHS tapes. I remember one Christmas we got this family gift. And we un- we unwrapped it, and it was like a, a Corvette, a red Corvette, a little. I th- at first I thought it was maybe a remote control. Uh, it was Corvette. a rewinder. It was a VHS rewinder. It, the trunk would pop open or the hood, and you would put yeah. the tape in there and put it down, and it would. <laughs> And it was so much faster, and it was going to save the heads on the, on the VCRs. Yeah. And then you could not get fined at Blockbuster when you turned your, your tape in. VHS tape back in. Now, you would get fined because you would turn it in late. And even if you were 30 seconds late, it was a dollar for every second you were late. <laughs> I thought like there's some bad memories there. <laughs> I had gotten... I'd rec- I just returned from my LDS mission, and I wanted to go rent a few movies that I had missed. Right. And I went down there. I had my, my mom, and mom, I know you're listening. I had my mom's card, <laughs> right? Because I didn't have my own account. And I tried to rent a few videos, and she's like, and the person was like, you can't, your account is locked. There's too many late fees. You have to pay the late fees before you can rent any videos. <laughs> and it was like $150 of late oh, fees. Wow. I was like, mom, what if, what is it? So we went back home and, and my mom had no idea that she had these late fees. Uh-huh. I don't even know if we ended up paying them. <laughs> it wasn't long after that, that those stores started to disappear. Oh ra- yeah. Rapidly. They just, 
as soon as the internet came out, those were gone. Those stores were gone. And also, uh, like, DVD and Blu-rays. Remember the Laserdisc? Yeah, I remember the Laserdisc that way back in the day. That technology got cheap pretty quickly. Well, what do you mean by pretty quickly? It was a matter of five or ten years. What it's I, like well, the internet. The internet hits us in what the late nineties, mid nineties, late nineties. Yeah, I but, mean in earnest. But we weren't watching movies on the internet until probably the mid two thousands, right? Yeah, we had to get broadband, right? Yeah, we had we had to get past the dial up phase, past the ISDN phase, and into broadband, and also past the no, we're never going to put media on the internet legally phase where you know. Movie studios and distribution companies and record companies yeah. were all very reluctant to do that because they were protecting their old business model. You remember uh, Napster, of Napster course. Napster made, yes. made waves. And yeah. now Apple pretty much just said, we're going to take that idea and just make it real. And then, you know, Apple, Spotify. iTunes, and then Spotify was a breakthrough because uh, you didn't have to buy the songs. You know, a- Apple, iTunes, which now you can subscribe to, at first was just a buck a song, right? Mm-hmm. That was their pitch, their 99 cent songs. And you could, you could buy an iPod and put a hundred of those songs in your pocket. Mm-hmm. 100 songs in your pocket. Sounds like you were an early adopter on this stuff. I was, I way, was a late adopter. I, I was way into all of that stuff. I didn't necessarily buy those things because I couldn't afford them. I was oh, a student okay. at the time. And I think iPods were like $500. Yeah. And the then you have to spend the other hundred dollars to get those hundred songs in your right. pocket. <laughs> and then a couple of years later, it was like thousands and thousands of songs. Uh, now the you storage space expanded. Yeah. Storage space. But now you, you've got everything in your pocket. Just, you don't even need the storage space. You can just access oh, the yeah, internet everywhere you go. Yeah. We've come a long way and maybe not necessarily in a direction that is leading us to any place good. Right. Well, there was a, there was a long ramp up. You, you remember Netflix when they were um, a DVD mailing service, right? Yeah. There was many years there where they kind of started to replace Blockbuster. Yeah. And Redbox. Yeah. Redboxes are still out there. There's one at the grocery store down around the corner. Yeah, we we do that every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, we were, we're cheap skates. We well, we here in our household we we. Uh, had the DVDs shipped to us for a long time, and then we kept having them shipped to us longer than we needed to. Mm-hmm. And we finally, I think, I think Netflix forced us all to just say, "We're not doing that anymore." They're like, "We're not You're shipping all going DVDs digital. anymore." Right? Yeah, that's interesting. What What's funny is you used to be able to get a better selection when you picked out DVDs. Yeah, now everything's mired in contracts and exclusivities and of course everybody's got their own streaming service and they're producing their own content now some of them are yeah we canceled our amazon prime last year after the parlor shut down after the january 6th uh riot slash protest insurrection against democracy darkest day in american (laughs) history (laughs) that's just just think about the absurdity of that comment I mean, we've been through the Civil War, the war between the states, right? Right. You know it as the Civil War, the war where one half of the country, by force of arms, killed hundreds of thousands of their formerly fellow countrymen, forced them back into the country, and then spent the next 40 years 
in, in what they call reconstruction, <laughs> right. mucking around in their side of the country, forcing them to do stuff well, it was a, by force of arms. It was a, uh, an alpha test for America's future foreign policy, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. But if you're from the South, you know, I, I have some friends down there that like to call it the War of Northern Aggression. The War of Northern Aggression. I've heard that one. <laughs> well, uh, continue your story. About what? I don't know. You said <laughs> you, you canceled. Oh, I was just saying we canceled uh, Amazon after the, you know, they started deplatforming patriots since yeah. see the january 6th episode last year was just a big excuse to censor everybody and people forget that there was a legitimate challenge going on to the election if you ask key bono who benefits right that's what everybody needs to ask when there's a crisis because it's never what it seems and, and you got to ask the questions who why and why now and that's one of the questions i have because one of the top headlines today on Zero Hedge is watch live. Senator Johnson holds a star-studded COVID-19 second opinion hearing. This was with Peter McCullough, Dr. Brett Weinstein, Jay Bhattacharya, Charya, and Corey Kerti, Dr. Malone. All these guys are, are coming out now. This has been, it's been over two years, and now finally this senator is going to hold a hearing. So who, why, and why now? Why now is the big question because this, this was relevant a year ago. And if, if it was relevant a year ago, it was relevant 18 months ago. By the way, Dr. J. Bhattacharya is one of the three authors of the Great, Great Barrington, Barrington Declaration. Declaration. Yeah. I think he's the Stanford guy, but I get them mixed up. Anyway, I can't remember, but it's a good point. It's either Stanford, Oxford, or Harvard, one of those podunk <laughs> universities that, you know, nothing good comes out of. Well, you know, anymore, it's starting to become that if you have, if you have credentials from these universities, people are going to roll their eyes and be like, oh, so you're indoctrinated then. Well, depending on your degree, depending and on your, your age, right? And your, and your age for sure. That's a yeah, big part of like it. Like these guys are old school. A lot, of, I've seen a lot of these doctors who are speaking out are old school. They have less to lose, right? They're, they're either closer to retirement or they're in retirement. Seems like the young practicing ones that have a lot of debt, right? If you have, if you have a mountain of uh, medical school debt, like say a, the equivalent of a house payment, how likely are you to say something that might get you fired from Intermountain Healthcare or some huge medical conglomerate around the country? Unlikely. Unlikely. <laughs> Unlikely to push back. Unlikely. Yeah, because you don't just, it's not like you can just, Stop making scads of money to pay that debt for a while and get away with it. No, these a lot of these doctors are tied in. Well, and that's sort of the that's sort of the trade for becoming a doctor, right? Yeah, you're going to go into big debt, but you're going to make some big money and be able to pay that debt off, and then some, you know, for the rest yeah, of your life. Yeah, and then you can retire a little early and be rich. That's the idea. That's the idea. Well, anyway, who, why, and why now, right? Is Dr. Pierre Corey, isn't he the one who... I don't know. I think he's the one who testified before Congress about ivermectin, if I remember right, like months and months ago. He kind of blew the lid on ivermectin, got it out into the mainstream, and of course was denounced as a misinformationist and conspiracy mm -hmm. theorist and yeah. was killing people with his horse paste. Yeah. Well... If we look back to the January 6th thing last year, <clears throat> who the people that had the most to gain from that whole thing going down, 
because clearly there was no ill intent. And by the way, we were just talking right before the podcast started about how there are still people being held without bail in Washington, D.C. for offenses so heinous as disorderly conduct and trespassing. Right. And, and so when all that went down, there was an active democratic, you know, s- systematic challenge going on in the Congress where they were, these congressmen were bringing light to the issue that there were all these election irregularities. And when the, tr- when the protest and all the, all the alarms went off because the police had let the guys through the barricade and all the organized, call them agent provocateurs. Again, we'll reference the article uh, that we posted several times by the professor. I forget his name. Yeah, there's that. And then there's also some really good coverage by uh, uh, Revolver News. We've linked to that in the past, specifically on Ray Epps, one of the provocateurs. And right. then there, there's a new book by someone called Julie Kelly, which I think uh, would be worth looking into. I haven't read it yet. But you're referring to the well, military trained professor, right? The former military guy who, who was there and said, was able to d- identify four or five or six different groups uh, of people. Waller, Michael J. Waller, I believe was his name. That sounds right. We've, we've linked to this before. It's on the, uh, or J. Michael Waller. He's, he's got this article called Covert Cadre, What I Saw Leading Up to the U.S. Capitol Attack. And he purposely didn't watch any news until he went home and wrote down his... Uh, Findings, his, his impressions. His notes, his impressions. And he said he saw four separate cells that appeared to be military or police type of units. He had plainclothes militants who were aggressive men in Trump and MAGA hats, hats gears, at the front of the police line, okay, and these were these were uh, people who were the ones doing all the violent action. They're organized, right? So that's that's the thing that he's saying. These are organized people. These weren't your regular Joes who just showed up to the rally. You had agents provocateur, uh, scattered groups of men exhorting the marchers to gather closely and do stuff, right? This is like the Ray Epps guy. You had the fake Trump protesters, so people who didn't fit in in their actions or demeanor, who he presumed to be Antifa or other leftist agitators, and then disciplined, uniformed columns, a column of attackers. These are organized, disciplined men wearing similar but not not identical, not identical camouflage uniforms and black gear. Yeah, and all of these people stood out to him. And this guy is, uh, let me read his credentials. If you haven't heard this before, I know some of you heard this before, bear with me. Uh got to find it. He is uh, a senior analyst for strategy at the Center for Security Policy. His areas of concentration are propaganda, political warfare, psychological warfare, and subversion. He's the former Walter and Lenore Annenberg Professor of International Communication at the Institute of World Politics, a graduate school in Washington, D.C., a former instructor with the Naval Postgraduate School. That means government, right? He's an instructor, current instructor lecturer at the JFK Special Warfare Center and School at Fort Bragg. He holds a PhD in international security affairs. Now, what that means is this man is actively still on the inside teaching our troops and our people about how this happens in 
probably other countries generally. Could never happen here. Could never happen here, right? <laughs> and he's uh, he saw this from like about a hundred yard distance, I think is the way he described it. Go read his article. We referenced it on podcast number six. If you're, it's, it's the top link on podcast number six on the website, mindvirus.show. But who, why, and why now is the big question. It appears that it was organized. It appears that it really only benefited the machine, the oligarchy, the statists, because there was an active movement amongst the politicians to shed light on, meaning our elected representatives were in Congress as they were trying to certify the election, shedding light on all the election irregularities, and that was shut down immediately when they declared that you know there was an emergency when the when the protesters quote unquote broke through and you were telling me you have family members that have video of standing on the like the guy didn't go in but he was standing on the there's video capital steps just filming the the policeman saying come on in have a good day at the capitol stuff like that friendly friendly police officers literally with standing in open doorways into the capitol Escorting people in, friendly chatting. And you know what has not been made public yet is the, all the security footage from the Capitol itself. And uh, it's curious why that isn't public. Um, but yeah, people are, uh, people are being held. They're being tried. They're being demonized. They're being, they're, there are political prisoners right now in the United States of America. And they're regular people that went there and wandered through the Capitol. Some of them. Some of them broke some things or whatever. Yeah, they should be punished for vandalism. That's obvious, but not with imprisonment, with you know indeterminate pres- imprisonment. Mm-hmm. We have we have like this. Basically, it's like a, a domestic version of Guantanamo for these people. Yeah, right there in D.C. We we entitled that episode Sherlock Holmes and the Question of Narrative. Yeah, and that. There, I think we. I was bringing up Sherlock Holmes because in one of the episodes, uh, it's the first first Robert Downey Jr. movie. There's an attack on the British Parliament that he thwarts, right? And the and the idea is to scare all of the senators and or the well the House of Lords and the House of Commons into doing something. That was the whole point of that movie in Sherlock Holmes or that Sherlock Holmes movie was they, they were trying to scare their representatives. And that's exactly what just happened. We've had that happen multiple times in the last couple of years. The, the coronavirus thing was a huge scare and the cat is already out of the bag because we've already spent the money and given the money to evil people who are using it against us. Like Dr. Malone talked about with Joe Rogan. He said, look, the hospitals have incentive to get you in. They, first of all, they, they need you in there to make money. But secondly, they get paid if they find COVID. So they test every three days. They, paid if they, they, pay, they get paid if they put you on remdesivir. It's a 20% bounty. So they pay Gilead and then they get 120% back from Medicare. And or I don't know if they pay Gilead because the government owns the, I think the government bought all the rights to all the remdesivir stock anyway. So they have that. And then they have uh, a bounty if they put you on a ventilator. So they get federal money for that. And then they get federal money if you die. So they, yeah. there's a bounty on people's lives, essentially. I think I read an article. Somebody was talking about it in terms of that. There was a, 
I got to find that. A well, bounty on people's lives. And pretty early on, this was made known in the early on in the pandemic scare. So March, you know, spring 2020. And people were talking about it and it just got memory hold. It was never really debunked because it's true. I mean, there was some debunking, but then it, it was like... They tried. You had senators, you had... But it went... It was pretty well known that and accepted that, yeah, hospitals are being incentivized to keep people sick and to, to take these certain actions. And people just forget about it. And that goes to, I think, maybe our larger topic today is this PSYOP on, on top of PSYOP on top of PSYOP to keep us confused, angry, distracted, and also kind of keep us falsely uh, uh, content, keep us... What, what's a bounty on people, or sorry, what's a PSYOP? Tell everybody what a PSYOP is. Psychological operation. Psychological operation. It is basically a, an abusive, immoral way to manipulate masses of people, or even one person. Like, uh, you know, it's often, it's often used, uh, talked about, like, well, gaslighting is kind of a, a tactic, but it's often talked about in terms of abusive relationships or, you know, uh, uh, office politics type environment. But on a mass scale, it's a psychological operation. It's to make a lot of people think a certain thing and behave a certain way, uh, forcing them without arms, you know, without pointing guns and swords and bayonets at them. Do they still use bayonets or are those just symbolic? I think they have them, but they... <clears throat> you can definitely get they, them. I don't think they use them. I don't think they issue them. But uh, the point is, it's a psychological operation. It's a war on your mind, a war for your mind. And pretty much everything <laughs> coming from the major institutions in this country is part of a PSYOP. And the people producing that content and those things are either a part of it or victims of it. And COVID pandemic hysteria is a brilliant PSYOP, maybe the best ever because of the way that it's caused people to break. And I think now, now that the, I think, well, I think this spring we're going to see COVID just disappear. COVID ideas, the narrative, the, the scaring, these restrictions. I don't think there's going to be any declaration of victory or anything like that. George Bush isn't going to be on an aircraft carrier with a mission accomplished banner behind him. But I think you're just going to see everything quietly disappear. So what are they going to... Like, Fauci is out pushing the idea that there's need, there needs to be a fourth shot. The Pfizer yeah. guy's been talking about shots every year. Do you think that they they made enough of a splash that there's going to be a, a market for that? Like, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So do you think that's their... their intention was uh, like, okay, let's, let's make a land grab while we've got this crisis. And then when the dust settles, we'll have a, we'll have a constant revenue stream in the MRNA vaccine. Yeah. Maybe for people like Fauci and Pfizer, although like Moderna, Moderna has lost 70% of its value since it's all time high, which was well, it's a one, last year. A one product. Yeah. Company, let's re right? let's remind people that Moderna pre COVID pandemic, Moderna, uh, hadn't ever, hadn't ever brought a, mar a product to the market. I think Moderna was the first profitable day trade I ever made. Oh yeah. I, I made like 20 bucks and I was so happy because <laughs> just that day, I didn't know anything about the company, right? It just, it was moving that day and I, you know, was kind of practicing my day trading uh -huh. and I bought 
twenty dollars worth of stock, and it went. And anyway, it doubled. <laughs> I don't think it doubled. Maybe <laughs> maybe I spent a hundred and I made twenty bucks, or it was a while ago. It's pretty good. But they don't have a product. They still don't really have a product. They have this mRNA vaccine, quote unquote, vaccine that is only on the market under emergency use authorization and is proving as more and more time goes on to be faulty and dangerous and ineffective. But maybe for people like Fauci, this was all just, you know, and even Bill Gates, was, this was just a way to get a bunch of money through selling these products and, and uh, stocks and all that. I think there's a bigger angle at play though and that is the psychological breakdown of as many people as possible throughout the entire world and we know that that's work just look around you look go to the grocery store go to uh ksl go to cnn the people's minds are broken we i think we all know people in our own personal lives who are, will never be the same who will never be the same psychologically or mentally even emotionally or spiritually they are broken this all broke them. And now they're un- incapable or unwilling to go out into the world and live their lives like they did in 2019 without security measures, security blankets like masks and face shields and social distancing. And they will look at everybody else around them who is living normally with fear and trepidation and anger and resentment. And they are broken. And the question is are enough people? broken enough that they can continue to push these psychological operations onto us and get the desired results. And what are the desired results? That's the question, isn't it? Because right. a lot of people out there in the, in say our circles that are worried that their desired results are total enslavement. But that, if you have a completely totalitarian situation, then the whole economy kind of breaks down and you have third world country everywhere and nobody's really leading the charge on new technology. There's no hope. It's just, right. it, it creates a big, well, the, the, does it work in the oligarchy's favor to have a, a organized or even a disorganized, but a, a psychologically resistant population that knows now that the jig is up or, and I think you're alluding to this article that we were looking at earlier should we consider the possibility that the dystopia we fear is already and has been on upon has already been upon us for a while because the oligarchy is getting exactly what they want right. and the people are very easily controlled by these changes of direction when the media just comes out with the, the next fear porn yeah and i think there's a lot of truth and in, in insight good insight in that article written by Caitlin Johnstone we'll link to it by the way I saw this and I had to, I have to mention it. <laughs> There's another article on Zero Edge. New Zealand's Yacinda Ardern. Oh, I, cancels, I was going to break in with that at the appropriate point. <laughs> cancels. Your favorite world she, dictator. She's my single source She's of your truth. single favorite world dictator. She cancels wedding after ordering new Omicron restrictions. So, she canceled her own wedding. <laughs> her own wedding. <laughs> now, folks. What that means is probably that her fiancé, I think they have a child, right? They do have a child. But that means her fiancé has thought better and has finally somehow figured out how to evade this woman's talons. Maybe. 
and he he somehow convinced her that it'd probably be better that they not get married. His name is Clark Gayford, for the curious out there. Clark what? Gayford. Clark Gayford. Maybe he's no longer interested in women. (laughs) Well. (laughs) After Yacinda. Based on his taste, maybe that's for the better. Because she is an is highly undesirable in every way imaginable. Oh my goodness! Could you imagine her at home, like, Clark, Clark, put that away. You're not supposed to eat that. That has processed foods in it. That has chemicals in it, Clark. Oh boy! <laughs> I just try to imagine what you do at home, Clark. I am your single source of truth. She also instituted new. Restrictions on the country that she is ruining. Uh, if you, if they had uh, nine cases of Omicron, uh, knows, which is the right? co- which is now probably the cold. But, but like, let's remind listeners, hold the thought on Yacinda. Coronavirus is the second most common cause of the common cold, and now we had this really big. And, and it's you know people are having difficulties, right? We get that. There's been a bad cold go around. And but when when it goes back to like a normal cold, that's the common cold. It doesn't matter whether it's related to this particular coronavirus or other coronaviruses. Once it starts to mutate, that's called the common cold. Like a mild cold or a regular cold. And right. every year the CDC and the pseudo governmental agencies have attempted to pump up the flu vaccine in the last 20 years by inflating pneumonia death numbers. And so they'll include as flu deaths, pneumonia deaths. But remember, the common cold leads to, complications from the common cold lead to pneumonia. So a lot of people that have been counted as flu deaths in the last many years have have had a cold that starts it. And they don't, Remember how remember how people haven't cared about how this has started. They haven't been testing for flu or cold ever until recently. Right. So the that's that's the problem is we're now back into that territory. Yeah. Anyway, get back to you. Well, the absurdity just continues in in New Zealand and New Zealand is I've been there twice and it's amazing. Honey, not those pants. Right. <laughs> The where, the the parting this dress. <laughs> there's a parting shot at the the last line of this short article. It says, "But somehow we can't shake the feeling that this cancellation was motivated by something more than political necessity." <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, he, he's it, he's it, probably it, like, I, I want I, I want to wear the pants, dear. <laughs> That's a more of a British accent. Do it. Do a New Zealander accent. How do you do a, a Kiwi accent? Well, I used to be kind of okay at one, but it's been a while. But the key here is like uh, the vowel sound for a short e, you turn into an i. So like vegetables, you just say veg- vi- vegetables. Vegetables. Vegeta- vegetables. Instead of veg, you say veg. Vegetables. Vegetables. Okay. <laughs> but I, I've been there a few times. I have some some acquaintances that live there. They're, it's an awesome place. It's beautiful. There's a lot of cool uh, touristy things to do. I bungee jumped down there for the first time on, on the bridge that apparently was where bungee jumping sort of was invented. That's the story. In- invented? Invented? Yeah. Invented. It was in- invented? <laughs> 
but there's all but politically the the they do some strange things down there they i asked uh, we we had this little kind of guy taking us around and i said why are all the evergreen trees dead and he said oh well we're killing them i said what do you mean he said well they're not native and so we are killing them with chemicals so that we can revert back to the native New Zealand vegetation. In which period? The Cretaceous period? I guess the they, were period? they were introduced, you know, a few hundred years ago. And I almost said, I almost said, well, white people aren't native to here. <laughs> Why aren't you killing all of them? <laughs> it was the, and, and, like, the evergreens on the mountains down there are part of the beauty, right? And yeah. now they're all just gray. They look like the you know, the mountains of Utah and Colorado where we've had so much, uh, so much beetle kill, right? Yeah. In fact, I think I said, is this a beetle kill infestation? We've had that in the American West. Oh no, we're killing that. And I wondered how many little birds and rabbits and things are they also killing? They're also killing, they are doing a mass genocide of possums because possums are one of the only like predators in New Zealand and they were killing the little birds. And so they're just mass murdering Possums, possums also because there's nothing to kill the possums because there's no bigger larger prey uh, predators and so there's maybe po- they need maybe they need to introduce a predator well yeah how about yeah guess how about some coyotes or bobcats or cougars well who's going to kill those by the cougars hunters? i don't mean yasinda ardern <laughs> <laughs> she's looking for another prey but anyway, it, I, I loved New Zealand, and it's a great place. Australia is the same way, and it's, it's sad to see them descend into this, these sort of political uh, uh, prisons. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. If I'm wrong, you know, our fellow, if you're allowed to listen to us down there, right. please correct us in the comments. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, anyway, consider the possibility, <sighs> that, consider the, possibility that the oligarchy is already getting everything it wants from you. I don't think it's getting everything, but I think it's getting a lot of it and they're finding new and better ways to get more of it and faster. I think they're willing to I think they're willing to let some countries just just fail. Just just become the dystopian nightmares that we all f- fear, right? That we all talk about all the time. Yeah, I- See, right now... You had a theory about where we were headed. We kind of got sidetracked for well, that. Well, what Did I'm saying, wanna... I, I think we're, we're going to go to a point soon, like, as the, you know, it's late January here in the northern hemisphere. Well, You're saying they're Jan- just going to stop late, talking about it. It's late it. January everywhere, but it's winter here in the northern hemisphere. As we move into spring, so March, April, May, and going, in, well, the, going into summer... All the case counts are going to tail off because everybody's going right. to get well from this cold. We're, and we've already talked about all the pivots, right? Boris Johnson is lifting all restrictions in England, and they had a lot of strict restrictions. You have, uh, even here in Utah, you know, they're telling us now to not get tested if we have, even if we have symptoms. But that doesn't apply to them because the lieutenant governor just tested positive. She wasn't vaccinated though, right? I'm sure she is. Of course she was vaccinated. Multiples. She looks like, this isn't like some other states where they put in a, opposition party lieutenant governor right it's this is like cox's uh left-hand woman yeah i guess i think she's do you know anything about the lieutenant governor only since she's become lieutenant governor and she 
seems like she's your typical kind of woke-ish. A woke she's, Karen? She's, she's kind of... Are these Karens? I know Karen gets t- thrown around. She's kind of a female version of Cox. She makes the same like useless statements about... Both sides have good arguments and it's like, okay, hmm. what do you stand for? What, do you, what is it that, well, you know, where's your la- line in the sand? But I've been paying as little attention to her I, as I, I did uh, to Spencer Cox I also when he think, was lieutenant governor. I also think that she is a token um, woman for Spencer Cox. And now his, he is surrounded by women, at least publicly, like his his you know advisors and stuff he's always posting pictures of him and his harem harem of, of women of advisors but i think she i think she he just wanted to be seen as like look i've got a progressive woman running with me i'm i'm so progressive and i, I don't mean i mean small p progressive although he's also capital p progressive <laughs> there's a lot of other words that start with p <clears throat> but i think that this is all just going to kind of melt away with the sun. They're going to stop talking about it. There'll be some people going, what, what, what is going on? You already have that in Utah, right? Parents and teachers, some parents and teachers are That's the big headline on KSL today, which we probably won't link to to give them extra clicks. But they're headlining that some parents are... Frustrated. Frustrated is the is word that they the word used. With the lack of a mandate. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're angry that... Other people aren't being forced How by many the parents? government. Like seven? There's 18? like th- there's like three or four twenty three quoted in the article because I did read the whole article and it's basically people with severe anxiety disorder. Again, as I talked about earlier, people's minds are broken. Yep. And so they found some people whose minds are broken. I'd be interested to know how they found these people or if the you know. Well, these are the types of people that post on KSL comments. Even in the KSL comments, the tightest starting to turn but we've we've seen that a little bit but there i I mean the the ones that look like they're part of a cia troll farm or something you know (laughs) right it's like you know you really like the one thing i ended up talking about with some friends over the weekend was a comment made by a high-ranking church official and this needs i think it needs a little bit more play on our podcast my friend LDS my church. friend bobby lds church you're talking about yeah you brought it up i would never have seen this and i would have not have vomited multiple times in my own mouth had i not seen this and been forced to read the article by my friend bobby flood but no the article is not by your friend bobby flood <laughs> i did not these are not my words Dido, you were also. I think I texted back like fifteen vomit icons. Are you? Ta- you're referring to the. Let's. Can we, can we come out into the yeah, open here? Yeah, you're okay he, with me yeah, coming out into the open? This okay. A man but, named Henry J. Iring, who me, is the son of Henry B. Iring, runs what's formerly known as Rick's College. Yeah, BYU, BYU Idaho. Idaho in Rexburg. Okay, you tell the story because this. What, what one thing I wanted to bring up to you, Bobby, was that 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 didn't make it into the church news without everybody up there in Salt Lake being on board. And we had, I had friends report to me that their stake presidents were sending around letters up in Salt Lake County that quoted the August letter from the church that we needed to, you know, was using this, that, that letter that had all that terrible language, you know, the ravages of the pandemic and we're at war with the pandemic and all this, or the, with the virus and all this stuff. When, when the Salt Lake County in uh, what would you call them, oligarchy, decided that they were going to 
introduce another mask mandate, right? Which, by the way, got re- uh, overturned by the Utah State Legislature, the House Legislature, which the House sparked, and the Senate, which sparked that KSL article that we're referring to. So, Summit County, home of Park City, and Salt Lake County had county mandates, and they were also mandating masks in the schools since September, I believe. And look, if any of you spend time with kids, especially like junior high and high school kids, you know that these kids detest wearing these masks and they take them off as soon as they can. Like 99 out of 100 or 997 out of 1,000 kids hate it, okay? We're not, this is not a hard statistic. If, they, right. if they're going to like go out and formulate or fabricate statistics on this issue, you know the kids, they don't want to wear these masks. Right. And most adults are the same way, except for the ones that are broken. Well, there's a lot more broken adults now because they've been through that same public school indoctrination. They're they're victims of a mass formation psychosis. Exactly. A psychological operation. But the legislature here in Utah, which I don't have a lot of confidence in, but once in a while they move something in the right direction. They, last year they rebuked uh, president, governor. Supreme leader. High Commander, Lord Commander Cox, they, they rebuked him on some of these mandates and things as well. But they overruled the county's uh, mask mandates and said, we're not doing those anymore ever. <laughs> of course, the people are, are saying, well, now you can never, ever talk about federal overreach ever again because you're doing the same thing the federal government is doing to the states you're doing to the counties. Regardless, um, they're not preventing you from wearing all the masks you want to wear, okay? If you are out there and you're frustrated at the lack of a mask mandate, you can still wear one. You can wear a mask on top of a mask on top of a mask with a face shield and a hazmat suit. You can do that. Maybe they could wear scuba gear. They can do that. But it only work if everybody wears them. <laughs> then they Except don't that the work. the governor said they don't work. <laughs> if, it, if something your, only... Your, the governor said they don't work. If, it, if something only works, if everybody does it, then it doesn't work. Anyway. Okay, so... Um, we got to talk about Henry J. So, Eyring. Well, what part of it do you want to talk about? What part of it were you thinking of? Let, let, let's, so well, we were I, I a- pose the question from time to time, are we at the height of absurdity? Are we at the point where it, it flips? And we've been, it's been switching. Like, that's, you, you're, you're proposing a scenario where the mainstream just stops talking about it. And that's, I think... And the reason is, What we're though, trying to explain here is, we, 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 here in the, on the Mind Virus show... Mr. Flood and I are in the business of making wild accusations and crazy predictions, right? So in, in, in the true spirit I, I of this- I prefer the term baseless conspiracy theories. <laughs> baseless conspiracy theories, theories yeah. misinformation, and I don't want to say the word lies. I don't think we lie. I just think we tell people things that aren't true on purpose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning about euphemisms from my government. We're following did you see the, the pattern of all the Man, other we, people. We are, we are struggling to stay on, on task today, but did you see the headline? I think it was from uh, AP or Reuters that said the U.S. sent lethal aid to Ukraine. 
lethal aid. I said, I replied, I said, you mean weapons? Yeah. Like, what is lethal aid? Yeah, the the kinetic military action in, in the Middle East a few <laughs> right, years ago. Right, like, right. Okay, so if we call it this thing, then people will not That's aid. think we're really doing what we're doing here. So th- this this goes all the way back to the beginning, but one of the most famous examples of this type of word corruption, if, if you've read the Book of Mormon, think of the Jaredites and how maybe the corruption of their language did not have to do with I'll stop touching touching the mic. Maybe their corruption of their language did not have to do with God making everybody speak different languages, like the guy that had to speak Chinese and the guy that had to speak Japanese. You know, maybe the language was corrupted in that the words didn't mean what they thought they meant to each other. And that's that's how their language got corrupted. Go look up the definition of the word corrupted. But the big the big episode was in the nineties when Bill Clinton was asked the question did you know did you have sex with that woman and what's going on here and he says well it it all depends on what you what the meaning of the word is is it all depends on what the meaning of the word is is think about that for a little while podcast listeners our language is being corrupted it's being corrupted right before our eyes and it's remarkable it's it's there's a lot of things happening right before our eyes we are living through some very kinetic Operation kinetic psyops. So I hope you all have your own lethal aid, but you probably won't ever have to use it because I don't know that we're ever going to get to that point if Caitlin Johnstone Johnstone is right. Well, which we'll get to. We're, there's a lot of stuff we keep okay, saying we'll get to. We're, we're setting up context for what the the big so, punchline here is because there was this. Th- there were a couple of things. Like first of all, my friends my friends showed me this uh, letter from his stake president that was, hey, Salt Lake County's doing a mask mandate again, so we, as good global citizens, want to remind you, here's a letter from the first presidency from August that says, we're fighting the ravages of a war, and we, vaccines are safe and effective, and we urge you all to comply with the wise and thoughtful, and thoughtful counsel of your leaders. Okay. Your well, government leaders. Well, but, but now the government has reversed the mandate. So is the stake president, this is the question I posed my friend, is, the, is your stake president going to send out a letter saying, hey, I want you to all stop masking, mask mandating, because the legislature has come out and said, do not do this or do, the, do it this way. Now we, need, herein, now we need to do it that way. Herein is where we get to the weeds, right? Think about Bill Clinton, right? What is the definition of wise and thoughtful? Is wise and thoughtful leaders the ones who overturned the mask mandate or the ones who implemented the mask mandate? And that is where you get into conflict and confusion and distrust and just all around disarray. Well, we know which side the church came down on this. They came down on the side that vaccines are safe and effective. Is the, over and how, over. How many of you know people that have been vaccine injured? I, I know. I was talking to a woman last night who was like, she, she was go- going off, telling me all these people that she's. I know she of knows at that least, are having problems. I know of at least three to four people that were most likely vaccine injured. Some of them quite well. One of them is now dead, and I think the vaccine led down led that person down that. D- I've heard decline. of multiple. I've heard of multiple instances where people believe the vaccine caused the death and it was a healthy young person like 
young 40s 50 is the new 40 by the way that's the over the hill oh yeah it's no longer 40 you're under the hill i'm under the hill yeah wait i don't want to be under the (laughs) hill that sounds am i six feet under the hill (laughs) but no i'm still climbing the hill yeah you don't get it you don't get a lot off the hook till you're 50 now so you got uh people like acquaintance of mine knew a healthy guy worked out uh active profession died of a heart attack age 45 Mm -hmm. totally normal that's what we're being told, right? Soccer players, athletes collapsing. It's all totally normal. Or it's post-pandemic stress. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, the psychological operation is real. It's, it's absolutely real. And sadly, sadly, the church we belong to has participated in that. And the letter from August, which we've talked about, I think we called that, what did we call that episode? Elephant in the Room, I believe, was right. the title of that episode. Because it's like, hey... There's something that happened here that everybody wants to talk about. And the fallout from this for the last year has been really bad. There, there are tons and tons of members of the LDS church. I don't know if you guys call yourselves Mormons again. I want the term Mormon. I I'm consider myself a Mormon. That's a good thing, okay? <laughs> that term was used apologetically recently. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you that story okay, later. Tell me that one. It's just nothing real consequential, but I got a kick out of it. But there is fallout from this. There's, there's no, there's tons. A lot. There's tons of fallout, and it'll and be it's, interesting. It's only surfacing now that people are are going, hey, wh- wh- well, that, why, why, why every time somebody says pandemic, you guys jump like eight feet in the in the air. That letter caused uh, a sh- shock waves through at least the the Intermountain Church. I, but I think probably worldwide, a lot of people went, this is too far. But see, the, the pandemic has dragged on so long that people are going, enough is enough. Right. Like, I am, we aren't going to take it anymore. There's a song about that. That could be a great song. <laughs> no, we're not going to take it. But they're, but they're like literally, like the mask mandate in Salt Lake, I heard, wasn't very well received this time around. It right. Was, like last time, it was like 90% of the people masked. Well, even but, here in, in, in more rural counties, it was 90, 85 to 90% were wearing masks. Right. Like during the, the, during the a year initial ago. scare. A the year initial, ago. The initial scare. I, don't, I wouldn't say a year ago. I would say like 14 months ago because it, yeah. it was at the tail end of 2020 that people were still going, hey, this might be bad. And we didn't have a lot of information. There was a lot of propaganda and rhetoric building up here in Utah because remember, we didn't have that initial spring spike, right? And, our, and then we went into summer and it kind of simmered. Yeah, we had no spike. And then we had... In, we had no, we no real... Arc- I personally ran the numbers from the CDC. Right. Utah had no real spike in deaths. It wasn't all until causes. September, October of 2020 that, yeah. he, that the pandemic, quote, arrived in Utah. And with it came a lot of propaganda, a lot of really nasty, dirty, evil propaganda from Governor Herbert at the time, like saying that the virus was using our love for one another to spread and to kill. Yeah, as, it, as if the virus was some sort of we got to develop a long memory, evil yeah. villain. We we as the people have to develop a longer memory than we normally have because look at the mud we've been drugged through. The two the two weeks to slow the spread is now. I mean, how almost two years? Why 
how is Dr. Fauci on these programs anymore? Because people have got to be turning him off in their minds. There's just, I guess there's a, there's a real mass psychosis amongst a certain percentage of the population. But the, the vast majority of people, I think, are waking up going, no, this is, we're, we're over this, and your vaccines hurt a lot of people, and they're still hurting people. The vaccines have hurt people. The restrictions have hurt people, the lockdowns, the cancellations, the closures, and especially, especially young people, kids. This has been a mass. <laughs> That's how you think about my <coughs> This has been a massive child sacrifice. Oh, yeah. I'm not even speaking like metaphorically. Like, this has been a global child sacrifice. And you could get into some, you know, sacrifice to what or to who but this is we have we have put the children on the altar of our fears adults have done that and it's horrible and it's disgusting and we will be held accountable for it one way or another but but we know that uh especially here in the west the you know western civilization doesn't really value children all that much we've proven that for decades well before we get to the uh um the speech yeah before you talk about that there there was an article on the brownstone institute here i wanted to bring up uh they highlight a lady named allison pearson writing for the telegraph i'm trying to figure out who wrote this article because it's mostly her but uh oh the author is just the brownstone institute but she's over in england right and she's like okay now that now that they've just said oh we're not locking down anymore you know we're, we're abandoning all of the restrictions in england She's, she says, how did we listen to that bonkers ahem, advice with a straight face? She put the ahem in there. With the UK set to be one of the first countries to come out of the pandemic, I thought it was worth starting a, to compile a list of the most lunatic measures, lest we forget. Right. Some of my followers on Twitter offered these. I'm sure you'll have your own. Here's one. Church yesterday, wafer, but no wine for communion. Service followed by wine and biscuits to mark the vicar's retirement. Okay. <laughs> the one where you could work in a control room with multiple people for 12 hours, then be breaking the law if you sat on a bench drinking coffee with one of them. Forming a socially distanced line or queue at the airport. They say queue. At the airport before being sardined into a packed plane with the same people two hours later. <laughs> uh, you know, the, oh, no butterfly stroke allowed while swimming was one of the things. Pubs with yeah, no volume that, on that TV. That one's based on science. Everybody <laughs> okay. knows that the butterfly stroke is a purveyor of disease. So anyway, I mean, we got to develop a long memory here. We need to throw this back at people. Like what, remember that, remember that they taped off our playgrounds? Yeah, there's a playground right behind the house, a public playground, and it was taped off. I think I sent you a picture of it with a bunch of we, like we laughing emojis. You know, in, in the public vernacular, and I'm not saying literally here, but heads should roll. People should lose their jobs. Ep- state epidemiologists should be cast out of their jobs, forced oh, to find oh yeah. new work. Yeah, because, real work, actual work that's productive. Because they, they, lo- they locked up the playgrounds and they masked the kids. That This is a crime against our children, a crime against humanity. So, so and I'm not saying you need to go out and get angry. That's probably what the devil wants here. But we need to develop a, a, a memory and we need, to, we need to remind them that they closed the playgrounds unnecessarily. Well, the borders of our state were being patrolled. Because you're, Remember saying, that? you're saying that they're going to just quietly 
stop talking about it. But what I, what we talked about is the restrictions will remain until the until these entities. Yeah, let me. Yeah, let let. I'm glad you brought that up because like, I can like finish my Canada. Canada Canada is still under lockdown essentially. Like you, they're not allowing truckers in that are not vaxxed. Yeah, and the truckers are and having the, a huge. Uh, yeah, and protest. at the borders, at the borders of the United States and uh, Canada and the United States and Mexico, you have the same problem coming from Mexico. The U.S. won't let unvaccinated Mexican truckers in, but Canada's got the worst of it because the, um, there's so many American truckers that don't want to get vaxxed. They're having a hard time getting produce up there. We get a lot right. of produce from the south here. So are we going to have a hard time getting produce from Mexico because they're not going to have enough vaxxed truckers? Well, that's the whole idea. That's that, absurd. That's the, the, the story they've tried to tell us with the the ports and the you know the container ships is that there's not enough vaccinated people to man the docks so basically what they're saying is they're they're saying not basically but they're saying until you get vaccinated we're going to hold your goods and services hostage right and that's what they're doing they're trying to do but the only way out of this to uh, for institutions and for individuals like governors and state epidemiologists is to the only way to avoid accountability is to just quietly stop talking about it and to quietly remove the restrictions. Now, Boris Johnson is doing it overtly, and I think it's because he doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to hold the bag at the end. Well, the, but these he's guys going were to caught, hold the bag. These guys were caught partying in during the restrictions, and so right. the hypocrisy was exposed well, so dramatically. And there's so much in of the UK. that. You know, Governor Herbert. You know, locally, this is not something that's just reserved for, you know, the global leaders, whatever those are. But I'm thinking, this is what I'm... Yeah, but the UK was one of the worst offenders as far as lockdowns. I mean... Oh, that's where Professor Ferguson, Dr. Lockdown came from. And he was was immediately, immediately caught breaking his own rules, having an affair. (laughs) Right. You can have, you can have sex with your significant other, but don't have casual sex. And he's out, unless she's a colleague. Right. (laughs) Well... This is, what I, this is where I'm getting at. They're going to quietly stop talking about this, and I could be completely wrong. It's just going to disappear into the memory hole, and most people are going to be so glad it's just over and they're moving on, and we can go on vacation again this summer. That's a good point, yep. But they're, they're certain right, things, you're right, certain things are going to remain. Maybe not the overt restrictions, but what is going to remain is the, is the infrastructure that's been built. With all that money that they got by causing the fear... That now with our legislators, the, we are ripe for the next big psyop, which maybe it's war. You have stuff going on in Ukraine right now, in Russia, and you have the you have the United States. Don't forget that the United States is agitating Russia. They are poking Russia, daring them, daring they're, they're them. They're literally poking the bear. They are. They are poking <laughs> the bear. I don't think. I'm not going to I'm not going to try to defend Putin here but I don't think he's necessarily interested in getting engaged in a big war. Who's interested in getting engaged in a big war? Joe Biden. Joe well or I, the people that run Joe Biden. The, I think Joe Biden Joe Biden isn't interested in anything except Matlock and ice cream. <laughs> Sorry if you're a Matlock and ice cream fan but but uh, Joe, Joe Biden is not so relevant. He's not right. He's not relevant here. Well, did you hear Tom Hanks is going to do some sort of a? The economy is fine. Some some sort of a, a first year. What what would you call that? Propaganda propaganda piece about how great the first year of Joe Biden. Did you know who else had Tom Hanks cover for the government? 
The Simpsons. The Simpsons predicted this one. In the Simpsons movie, I believe it was, Tom Hanks says, the government has lost all credibility, and so they are borrowing some of mine. <laughs> so here we have the Simpsons yet again. Yeah, and Tom, Tom Hanks, does he have any credibility? No. He's no. just an Oscar He likes winner. to talk about himself as America's, what does he say, America's grandpa or something, America's dad. I'm like, you're an accomplished actor. That's about it. That's about it. Anytime you see these actors speaking out, remember... They're actors. Remember Cypher in The Matrix who says, I want to go back into The Matrix. I want to be somebody rich, but not, or famous, but not too famous. And rich, make me an actor. Yeah. These actors. What a reveal. I think it's easy for, easy for us to think that when these actors are not in a movie being filmed and using a script, then they are normal people who are not acting. They are always acting when there's a camera. When there's any kind of public it's public K- exposure, K-fabe. they are always acting. Kayfabe. It's just multiple layers thick. But the next, so the psyops, the psyops are all swirling around us. Yeah, people confused, angry, scared. The the COVID psyop, <clears throat> it's my it's my opinion that the the larger purpose of it isn't to prove that masks work and that vaccines work. Those are all just People getting rich off of it and selling these tests, masks, and vaccines. The bigger, the bigger operation, the bigger goal was to establish a mechanism of, for social control over everybody. And what I mean by that is <clears throat> things as specific as a social credit score, social credit system. That's coming. And now they've got the apparatus for it, right? They've got the apps built. They've got... Well, they've got a bunch of people interested in building the apps. Now they right. just need to be adopted by municipalities, by states. Oh, yeah. Utah, the, Utah the, is on board for one of the early adopters and early testing grounds for the digital driver's license that will have our medical records and vaccine status and our social credit scores and things like that. And how do you earn cr- social credit? Well, it's... If you're going by the Chinese model, then it's loyalty. Loyalty to the state will earn you privileges such as being able to use public transportation or your own private transportation or whatever. So that's part of the infrastructure. And I think that the, the, another part of it, maybe the si- two sides of the same coin, is just continued oppression of our brains, of our minds, to make us think certain things. To, to lie to us and make us think that we are free. And that's what the Caitlin Johnstone article says. You, know, you think you're free because mm-hmm. you can order 150 different kinds of chips or buy a gun. You think you're free. Right. She was sort of arguing this idea that we're already there. We're already so controlled. These guys can turn public opinion on a dime. They did that. They, they, coronavirus did that yeah, over and, we, and over. And we've mentioned... Uh, I think it was Orwell talking about the oligarchy turning on and off the faucet. They changing changing public opinion like by turning right. on and off a faucet. And uh, so again, I always ask, well, are we at the height of absurdity? And this is where the Henry J. Eyring speech comes in because <clears throat> do the, the, and I'm posing this question to you. I'm posing it to the audience. 
does this oligarchy that controls us have so much power that they can tell people that black is white and white is black and have them come out yeah and support that and and not only support it but go preach and evangelize it because tell tell people about the article that you said the church news article because i mean i i almost don't care where what the consequences are i'm willing to go out on on record here and say <laughs> well i there, guess i got to be careful how i say this i'll say it i'll say this there are some sinister ideas in this in this article in this speech does that mean that the does that mean that mr or president iring and that's Here's confusing that's confusing for people in our church this is not president Henry B. Iring, it's President Henry J. Iring. There's a, there's a big difference there. But well, here's the problem. Bobby. Does that mean he's sinister? No, but Bobby, here's the problem that I have with all of this because he is an approved. Oh, I know. Like I, these people don't. These people don't say stuff anymore without approval of this correlation committee or what. There's like a, a mechanism inside the church that makes sure that there's not a lot of off-script messaging that goes out. Sure, and I'm with you on that. Okay, and, here, and, and the, to, to, to support what I'm saying, you, not only do you have the president of BYU-Idaho, but he's also the son of a member of the First Presidency, and they did an article that you sent me that was vomitous on the church news where they covered almost every aspect of this right. propaganda... Now, now- I, I, this is splitting hairs, but church news, the churchnews.com is a, is a section of the Deseret News. Now, of course, the church owns the Deseret News. So this is the official, because the church has its own newsroom, but this is the official newspaper that the church owns, and it's the church news anyway. But you're right. This is a very, this is a, in, the, in the ideas. So this, I'm saying this was approved. Well, yeah, yeah. That's I don't think anybody's questioning that. Uh, what, At the highest level, that's what, what I mean. So <clears throat> he, I'm not sure what angle to 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 lean into this. You, let me just tell you what angle that you should lean into this. Okay. At the man said that it was honorable. I don't know if you used the word. Uh, I, I can't remember how he said it. You're going to have to f- rephrase this. But the point is, he was comparing. Let's just read his word. Follow, okay. The, the, the issue has to do with what Christ did and what you should do. Right, he's speaking to students at BYU-Idaho, and he's talking about honor. And he says, this is a quote according to the church news, the greatest sacrifice for honor was our Savior's bravery in confronting the Jewish scribes and Pharisees. He surely knew that his charges against them whom he justifiably called hypocrites, would lead to their seeking his death. But his honor and the mission given by his Father in heaven required him to stand firm, knowing the consequences. And then the, the article says, New tests of honor exist today, the modern-day equivalent of Old Testament burnt offerings and other sacrifices. COVID-19 appears to be, and this is his quote, testing our resolve to follow the guidance of governmental and church authorities. Those two paragraphs are back to back. 
And that's the point is that that that's black is white right there. That's that's evil is good. Good is that's saying two plus two is five. Okay, there are four lights or there are five lights. That's the problem is you have this is the way this is disseminated in the church is over the pulpit, read from a teleprompter in a very sanctimonious manner where you get talked down to. The, and the next paragraph needs to be said to it's short. He then says, or the article says, rather than seeing an unfair intrusion on freedom, President Eyring instead encouraged listeners to, quote, embrace the trials, tests, and potential victories to be had. Don't worry about the intrusion on your freedom. And we're both left speechless. <laughs> I'm just looking for it on the website. What's the title of this article? Um, I found it by just Googling church news. Uh, what, what, what President what Henry President J. J. Iring taught BYU-Idaho students about tests of honor during the COVID-19 pandemic. And so the crux of it, the test of our honor is, will we, again, his words, his words, testing, the, we have to pass the test if we can Follow the guidance of government and church authorities. Testing our resolve to follow the guidance of government and church authorities. He says, almost all blessings are predicated on doing the right things when the costs seem too high or even unfair, he taught, as demonstrated by Adam and Eve, Noah, Moses, David, and Joseph and Hiram Smith. We're also counseled to not protest or speak out. They said, in the process of working together to quote, thread the needle of public safety and private preferences, end quote, it is important to resist the impulse to contend in public or private settings, quote, each of us is biased and underinformed in ways that can be easy to overlook, end quote. So he's saying conformity is equivalent to Jesus's rebellion against the, his, the accepted order of his day. That's, I mean, there is no way around that. There, there's no room here to say otherwise. He said it openly. So you understand now why we've talked about psyops, psyops that keep us confused and conflicted. And this is January 12th, Megan McKellar on the church news website. This is, this is approved material. This is what they're teaching your 18 to 24 year old kids. And interestingly, they don't link to the at least not in this article that I can see, there's no link to the actual transcript of the speech. Because some of this is, is editorial interjection by Megan, Megan McKellar. Yeah, he said, yeah, and that's the thing. That's what makes this so crazy is it's on the church news website. Like they're, they're promoting this as if it's somehow helpful. President Eyring expressed his gratitude for, the, for collective precautions recent medical advances, and the charge from the First Presidency to, quote, use face masks in public meetings wherever social distancing is not possible, quote, to limit, end quote, to limit exposure to viruses. Guys, everybody is now admitting that, number one, social distancing is not a thing, and number two, I mean, even CNN is backtracking on this stuff. Social distancing is not a thing, and cloth cloth masks masks don't don't work, work. so get an N95. Which needs to be which they're, fitted. But, but, but remember, BYU led the charge where they summarized a bunch of studies to try and say that cloth, ma- cloth masks actually yep. had some sort of an effect. They sure did. Which was a huge 
uh, a huge. It had a lot of influence mind. locally. Yeah, President uh, Governor Herbert used that to justify his statewide mask mandate when he finally implemented one. Last I'm, I'm trying year. to look for better words than it was a huge pile of bullcrap. I mean, you can take those are good words. You for can it. take academic studies and say whatever you want about them. There, we. Could, I took some time. <laughs> And I went through. It was just a it was summary. A, it was a meta-analysis, which is a fancy word for summary, of several different studies. Well, they linked to the individual studies in the meta-analysis, and I went through those studies. They all concluded that masks were inconclusive. There was no benefit to them. There was there was no known benefit. That which is kind of the consensus on these RCTs and other studies done about masks is that there is no perceivable benefit, and there could also be some harms. Especially if you're wearing the same dirty, filthy thing over and over, or an N95. N95s are not meant to be reused. They're not meant to be worn by children in school. They're meant to be worn by painters and other people working in highly toxic environments like school. Because that's, you know, the vector of disease, right? Children are just dirty little (laughs) disease bombs. According to some of these parents I encounter on Twitter. but. I don't even think the point here is to separate or to sing, sing, uh, (laughs) to what's the word? Single Single out. out. Jeez. Uh, Iring from BYU, Idaho. It's the larger point is that there is this psychological operation that is still in effect and they're being, we're being jerked around. The question is why? And then what's next? Because these psychological operations aren't ever going to go away. They've been happening mm-hmm. for a long time, right? We've been lulled into this sense mm-hmm. of comfort and uh, safety I, I, and I freedom. Still, We're free. I still want to emphasize the point. The Hippocratic Oath, the, th- the things your doctors are supposed to morally embrace, these principles they're supposed to morally embrace, essentially, it, it's not listed exactly, um, I guess, in the, Hippocratical, in the Hippocratic Oath, Hippocratic Hippocrates was uh, a Greek doctor, one of these early doctors in the 5th century BC-ish. And so doctors, I I don't, do they have doctors actually read this off or say it when they get their medical license or whatever? I don't know. It's just generally understood that doctors are supposed to follow this general set of principles. I'm newly mad again rereading this stupid article. This speech is awful. But li- but li- listen to this. This is the problem. <laughs> this is the problem. Uh, do no harm. First, first, do no harm is supposed to be one of the main principles of the Hippocratic Oath, and it's in there. It says something like, I will do no harm or injustice to my patients. Okay, and it's translated from uh, a Greek text that the, the Hippocratic Oath was something that doctors in Greece in the uh, times before Christ would adhere to, that they would recite, right? So they have this text, and I'm not sure if they have, you know, if doctors still adhere to this, but one of the main principles is do no harm. Well, that's the problem when you're talking about wearing masks and the idea that masks have no appreciable effect, and then BYU coming out and saying, oh, it looks like they have an appreciable effect. No, they have they have either no effect or a deleterious effect, which is what like the Danish study and all the all the people that followed and said, hey, no, no, look, hold on a second here, <laughs> you guys are making this crap up. 
really here's the here's the effect that masks masks have masks have an effect and the effect at least medically is that you lose oxygen and then you, it becomes a, a vector for disease right in front of your mouth right so it causes harm that's contrary to this one of these long standing principles in world medicine that you sh the doctors are supposed to do no harm well that's the problem with the vaccine the vaccine is supposed to do no harm but on the contrary it's killing people it's injuring people so you can't have it when it's doing that cuz first do no harm that's the big problem here is they have they have gone they've done a mental end run around all of all of the standard <laughs> Standard uh, immunology, it's all, it's all been... vaccinology, and, and and they wouldn't, they won't let you use ivermectin. Everything's everything has been set up now. It's coming to light to the mainstream now, because of people like Dr. Malone and and uh, McCullough and Joe Rogan and this Senator Johnson. And why now is the question? Because we we knew this twenty years ago, right? And people have been saying it during the entire pandemic panic and been censored and scoffed at, right? Which was the whole point fired. of the January sixth episode? Was it? What did that do? It ended the debate about the the election, and it, it enabled them to censor everybody and everything. And so in, inverted into another. <laughs> so how do we get to from that point to now that that following these people is akin to in, akin to Jesus rebelling against the Pharisees? I'm I want to just lie down on the floor here and take a nap. It's so. <laughs> brain damaging During, that we're even having this conversation. But what's funny is most of our listeners are LDS and nobody knows about this article. During recess at Lincoln Elementary School, the older boys like to pull off the bright green knitted stocking cap that mom bought for me when we moved to Rexburg. This is hiring. The older boys only got more mischievous when I tried to take the cap back. You may have had similar experiences of standing up for your honor or for that of others. Recently, many of us have given deep thought to issues of honor due to COVID-19 pandemic. He says, he's, what he's saying is, don't defend yourself. Don't stand up for what you believe in. That'll only make the bullies angrier. Just do what the bullies tell you and everything will just be fine. This is, is, this is an incredibly is weak and stupid and evil message. What, what is the ideal member of the church these days? What is the ideal, what, like, what does this oligarchy that is controlling the thinking in the LDS church, what do they want these kids to do? Just sit down and shut up and fold their arms? I mean, that's kind of what we teach these kids in primary to do. And I, and I get it that you need a little bit of order in primary because <laughs> if you've ever taught in primary, uh, which it's problematic. We but, were... <laughs> Look, I, I, I empathize with all the ladies and those guys. The thing is... Right, but there's a difference between acting appropriately in a, in a meeting or in a setting and letting bullies take your green cap. There's a big difference. Is that you know, really what he was saying? Because it sounded like he tried to get it back. Yeah, and he, he tried to get it back, and the boys only became more mischievous when I tried to take the cap back. And so then what? He never That's finishes the, end of the it, story. Right? He that, just, and then he goes on to say that you need to be compliant and obedient. You know, he says the vast majority of university students and employees have voluntarily gotten two or more shots. Their personal choices have collectively allowed us to gather face to face again. It's like there's this. It's like there's this mental fog that has descended on people that they think that I'll be blessed for being persecuted or I'll, I'll be blessed for the suffering 
that I incur by following the rules. Meaning, it doesn't matter where that suffering comes from. It could be the teachers that inflicted it. It could be your, your superiors. But because I'm a good, honorable, follow the rule one. Do we ever talk about Widso and the chalk line? You know, draw, yeah. draw. Did you bring that up? Draw a chalk line around. Force me to force me to give my word and to stay yeah, inside it's an the old, chalk line. It's an old ethical dilemma, right? You, 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 you uh, draw. You draw a chalk line, or you get inside a line, a circle, and you give your word that under no circumstance will you leave the circle. Well, the idea is, and then you can try to lock me the, up, and I'll I'll escape. But if you can get me to give my word not to leave the circle, then I won't. Well, there. See, that's so. What I'm thinking of is a, is a psychological dilemma that we we talk about in like psych classes and stuff. And then so you you give your word that you will not leave the circle. And then right outside the circle, your wife or someone you love is being assaulted. What do you do? Well, do you uh, keep your word? I think, but why the question that they need to talk about is what, how did you get them to agree to such an absurd restriction as being stuck inside the chalk line? It's a rhetorical exercise. Yeah, but that's, that's the point, but that's why we get to explore the why, because Right, you know, all, all all these uninformed uh, BYU students that saw the statue of Widso with the chalk line around it, right, didn't the, get the joke. In the church setting, it's the it's kind of these stay in the old ship Zion type idea. Because you, here's you my never point: never leave the boat. Because here's my point, Bobby: contracts made under duress or made with fraudulent inducement. Go look up fraudulent inducement. That's a long-standing legal principle. Those are void, null and void. Right, and I think you, there's going to so be... So if you're in the chalk line and they're beating your wife up, you jump out of the chalk line and you uh, kick the uh, crap in, out of in them. Obvious, right? Obvious. Obvious. I think there's going to be some serious lawsuits against companies and institutions who force this vaccine onto people well, and then who uh, are hopefully injured. Hopefully people who get injured do that because they can't sue the vaccine manufacturer, but they potentially could sue their m- employer. We talked about the movie Christmas Story back right before Christmas. We talked about Christmas movies. There's a great scene in that movie where... Ralphie, Ralphie's been terrorized by a bully, right? Named Scott Farkas. Yellow eyes. So help me, he had yellow eyes. Yeah, he's like this demon. <laughs> and there's a scene where Ralphie just says enough is enough, and he beats the living daylights out of Scott Farkas. And you know what? After that, you know who's not in the movie after that? Scott Farkas. Right. Because Ralphie beat the crap out of him and ended the problem. He ended the problem, okay? And society continued look, on. Look, Hank, Hank, if, you're, if those boys were taking your green cap from you, and I call him Hank because I'm referring to the boy version, beat the crap out of them and they won't take your hat anymore. You don't just, you don't just submit to bullies because that, then they have power over you. They have power over you and they will get you to do anything they want you to do. But that you doesn't sound to, very Christ-like. Like, because uh, no, see, that's what's being taught. What it, what is being taught is the question. Oh, what what is being taught? And there are different ways to stand up to bullying than beating the crap out of them. But at some point, though, at some point, you have to stand up for yourself and what you believe in. At some point, you have to rent your cloak and write on it in memory of our God, our religion, our wives, our children, and our liberty. Okay, but there were the anti Nephi Lehi's who just let themselves get killed. Yeah, but then they sent their kids to war. Okay. See, what we're, what we're highlighting here is that uh, it's not the same prescription for everybody. Exactly. People, people right. do, need to do different things. In the case of the Lord, he cleanses the temple. That pissed him off. He uh, heals Lazarus. 
he's doing miracles on Sunday on their sacred Sabbath. And they'd finally had enough of him after the triumphal entrance into Jerusalem. And so they decided to crucify him, right? That, that sounds, that doesn't sound very conformist to me. No, Christ was a non-conformist in every way. He brought different doctrines. He brought different behaviors. He preached differently. He lived differently. He did everything, you know, from what we know from the Gospels, right? He, 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 everything he did and taught flew in the face of the, the traditions of the current times, the religious and the cultural traditions surrounding the elite at that time. Have I brought up on the podcast before that scene from Jack Reacher where they're ha- they have the fight outside of the bar? Yes. Okay, the point of that is that he, he's being induced into a fight, right? By the, the girl who's trying to come on to him and then her quote-unquote brothers come yeah, to protect Tom her. Tom Cruise is the actor. Tom Cruise, and, he, and he, he gets surrounded by these five thugs and he gives him like this little speech. He's like, okay, guys, this is your last chance. What did he say? Something like, only five of you? Yeah, and he's <laughs> like, this is, this is your last chance. Let me tell you how this is going to go. And he says, you know, uh, one of you is going to come after me. Then he's going to get uh, backed up by the wingman. And I'm going to bust, you know, the arms of two of you. And so, so two of you, two, then the rest of you are going to run. Once I figure out who the leader is and who the wingman is, the rest of you are going to run. Well, uh, he, gets, he gets attacked. And, he, and he's got the main dude in like a headlock and he kicks him in the crotch or something. And then, and then the other guy comes at him and he busts his arm or something like that. And then, and then the other guys don't scatter. And, he's, and he says, really? Yeah. <laughs> and then, then another guy comes at him and, he, and so then he has to, has to get even more crazy on him. And finally, two of the guys leave and the other two guys are... Um, the other two guys are there ready to fight. And he's like, okay, now we know who's who. Yeah. And that's the whole point of the, of that uh, little scene that I'm paraphrasing is now we know who's who. So Bobby, who are the Pharisees? Who is the Sanhedrin? Who are the people that are following the Lord? Who are the people in your neighborhood? <laughs> well, here's a quote. You don't have to answer those questions here, on the podcast, well, but if here, you're going to liken the, if you're going to liken the scriptures to yourself, if you're going to liken the scriptures to yourself, <clears throat> who are the priests of the wicked king? Who is King Noah and who are the Abinadi's? Let me quote one more thing from this speech that I'm kind of mad that you brought it back up because now I'm getting mad again, having to read it again. But I, but I'm, we're talking about the height of hypocrisy. We're talking about psyops. We're talking about what comes next. And it's an important point to note because you have people who are willing to say willing Jesus to s- was like the guy that's following all the rules. Or willing to say, <clears throat> as in the past, we will seek guidance from our friends at Eastern Idaho Public Health, who have advised us so generously and effectively how blessed we are to have leaders who are trustworthy stewards of public uh, welfare. Uh, vomit, 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 <laughs> vomit. How, how is that not looked at as such sickly garbage? Keep in Snib- mind, sniveling? Keep, keep in mind, this was delivered at a religious devotional, and he is equating. Language. He's using language that we use to speak about God and Jesus to speak about their friends at Eastern Idaho Public Health. How blessed we are to have them in our lives. 
It's just suckuppery. It's it's a bad inversion. Brown nosery. It's it's worse than that. It's, it's worse an, than that. It's an inversion. There are not words for how bad this it's is. It's an inversion of true principles. It is a mingling of no, but it's not even mingling. It's the inversion of. That's the problem. That's why I bring it up, is that you have this on the table right now. We can win this war if everyone will follow the wise and thoughtful recommendations of medical experts and government leaders. You're saying they're not going to come out and claim victory, though. They're just going to let it go because it's too absurd, right? Well, to Will we get some get, church, getting, church rhetoric? Getting back to that, the, and the, and my opinion on that is the reason why they can't Come, because to to come out and say we did it, there there is there is a scenario where they could. Let's lay out two scenarios. One is they don't say a word and let it quietly disappear, mm-hmm. and hope that everyone just forgets that for two years we were jerked around. Or they come out and say, which is a real possibility, because people do want to just get people, back to people are already life. forgetting that we've been jerked yeah. around. Or they come out and say we did it because the masks and the vaccines and the social distancing all worked. We did it. See, that's why I want, why I'm not saying you should, but I I posed the question to my friend, well, who's going to email back the stake presidents and say, well, where's your retraction? The the legislature, the wise and thoughtful legislature has overruled those people. So why don't you send out a, a note that says it was a false alarm? I'm sorry, it was a false alarm. It turns out that there were more wise and thoughtful people on the other side of this who disagreed. So don't freak out. Don't worry. It's, we're not getting ravaged anymore. It turns out that was those ravaging war comments were a little bit hyperbolic. Who's, who's going to go out and say, I'm sorry. Well, I I, got caught up in the, I I got caught up in the propaganda. I I got caught up in the fervor. After, after Cox had that press conference where he said, masks don't do anything and stop getting tested. I tweeted at him because I'm sure he reads my tweets. I said, when do, <clears throat> when do the apologies and resignations start? Because that's the next step here. If, if, and that's why I don't think they're going to really readily admit that they were wrong, because then there are consequences for being wrong, right, because if, you, you hurt so many people. Right. You destroyed businesses. You hurt people. You probably killed people. Again, remember, Utah is withholding monoclonal antibodies and probably other based treatments on race. from people based on their race. They are, they are, if you are white and you're otherwise healthy, but you have a bad bout with COVID or something that monoclonal antibodies could help, they will not give it to you because you are white and you don't qualify on the point system. How many people died that could have benefited from those treatments? Right. If this I don't is, know. If this is World War II Japan, you've got commanders who are taking a sword and impaling themselves, killing themselves over the dishonor the obvious dishonor of such failure. Yeah, and we have people who won't even resign from their jobs, which their jobs, which jobs enabled them to destroy economies, public. There's no yeah, more. Not, not there, only are they not going to resign, they're going to continue to take taxpayer money for 20 years there and is, get a pension. There is no, there is no. Uh, no accountability. There's, there's none, and there won't be, I don't think. There'll be a few sacrificial lambs, like maybe someone like Fauci. And the dude's 80-something years old. He's on Is the verge of retirement anyway. I mean, there's, been, there's been so much uh, information that's come out in the last couple of weeks, and the tide is not turning. Is, 
in the it, you know does probably, it have to is it going to be the 2022 election that causes that like a bunch of republicans get in the house and then all hell breaks loose because they start investigating everybody and the media gets to finally get their con- no because the republicans back. that get elected are are weak they don't do anything they they might bang a drum like you know ted cruz did when he asked about ray epps and and uh ron uh, ron paul's son Rand paul has done a little bit of that with Fauci, but then nothing comes of it. He embarrasses Fauci on C-SPAN, and then Fauci goes back to his cushy job. And he and, rants and raves against Rand Ran Paul on CNN right. or something like that. Right. So, no, there, there's not going to be accountability. And that's one of the big problems is that our mechanisms for holding people accountable don't work. How do we hold Spencer Cox and Governor Herbert here in Utah accountable? We don't have a recall. We, we, we don't have a provision for a recall or an impeachment, I don't think, in this, in this state, at least something that the citizens can do. So do we go in there and grab him and tie him to a pole and run him out on rails like that scene in Oh Brother, Where Out Thou? You is my constituents. You is my constituents. You know, what do we do? Because we're too content. We're too content to actually, we don't have the will to have a political rebellion. And I'm not saying... That needs to be violent, okay? I'm not calling for violence. I'm saying a political rebellion where we no longer accept any of this kind of behavior from elected officials. How would we do that? There's lots of different ways, but we don't, but we won't do it because we are content, because we have our Netflix, there's still Doritos on the shelves, and uh, we can still go down to the store and buy some 22 ammo if you time it right and happen to be there when the truck arrives. <laughs> So I guess what we're saying is we're still screwed. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's a strange place to be. We're definitely seeing this media pivot you talked about a couple episodes ago when we did predictions. See, the, the media pivot is astounding. It has been. In fact, Rachel Rochelle Walensky, the CDC director, used the word pivot. She says we need to pivot our language. But she was saying from being two shots equaling fully vaccinated to two seven to 19. N, N plus two. And the, the number of shots you need to be fully vaccinated is N plus one. What happens, what, <laughs> which means you can never be fully vaccinated, but right. what happens to people if they decide, oh, now I do want to go ahead and get vaccinated. Do they have to get like, say in four years, do they have to get 17 shots? It's a good question. And it's one that nobody's really asking or that answering just, seriously. I mean, people are just going to die, like flat out. Right, because... They're just going to die. Or you're just... On the spot. Well, people, people they have. They have been dying on the spot, but I mean... I mean, that's a good question. Let's say somebody, you know, we, we've had the vaccines, quote unquote, for over a year now, or about a year, right? The, about a year ago, they first were available to the public. And by now, you're supposed to have, in most places, to be considered... Fully vaccinated, you need three. Maybe two, but you need three. But you can't just go get two at once. And whatever happened to the Johnson & Johnson one shot and you're done? Like, Johnson & Johnson has been pushed aside. That's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it'll be strange to see how this plays out. Because on the one hand, you have a recognition that all the policies failed. You have a recognition that the vaccines are injuring people. You've got recognition that the, you can still get you can still catch COVID and you can still spread it if you've got the vaccine. 
So, so all this absurdity is going to run right into the buzzsaw of all the public money that got dedicated to setting up COVID restriction or COVID, COVID infrastructure, tracking and applications and testing facilities. And uh, there's a point they were literally telling people not to get tested this, this winter because they're running out of tests, but that's, that's the irony, I guess, of, of having given government so much money is that it, it can't do anything right. That's why you don't give government money in the first place. That's why you shouldn't, these people shouldn't have jobs. Why do we have a state epidemiologist? We shouldn't have yeah. a state epidemiologist. I've often, I didn't know we had one until of this pandemic. And I, and I wondered just about every day, what, what do they do? What does their day to day look like? Especially in non-pandemic terms. Now it's easy. They just, they just sell fear and yeah, well, superstition. But what did they do before? They're kind of like the ATF in the 90s where they're a newly formed agency and they need a crisis to solve. So they go and burn down the Branch Davidians place and kill a bunch of people. Right. Or they go out to Ruby Ridge and shoot up Randy Weaver and his family. I mean, that's, that's what happens when you, when you give people expensive military lethal aid <laughs> right and uh tell them that everything is a a problem they need to solve well the idea here pushed by caitlin johnston that i think we both agree with is that this this psyop this dystopia is is among us it's it's upon us and it has been for a while and she kind of points out like you can go buy a gun because you're never really going to use it against the powerful anyway. And I think the powerful know that. And they've found, and she posits this idea, that they've discovered new and better ways to enslave us that don't involve concentration camps and war and overt tyranny. Now, we've seen some overt tyranny. And I think that's all part of the psychological operation. Because you can go and say, oh, yeah, we're protesting the mandates, no mandates. And then they say, okay, fine, no more mandates. And you think, wow, we won, we did it. And I'm not saying that protesting the mandates is bad, okay? Protest the mandates. <laughs> but then you go back home and you think, yeah, we did it. We beat the mandates. We're free. Except you're not because everything else in your life, your currency, your, uh, what you're allowed to believe, what you're allowed to think, what you're allowed to pursue is all boxed in by the oligarchy. I've often thought of it as a box. We're free to roam about this box. But mm-hmm. as soon as you bump up against the walls of the box, you get zapped. Or if you try to climb out of the box, you get zapped. And that box is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. She says, consider the possibility that we're like a woman who has always feared winding up in a physically abusive relationship like the kind depicted on television and then wound up in a psychologically abusive relationship where her very mind is bent to the will of her abuser in every way. Consider the possibility that just like in a psychologically abusive relationship, we are manipulated into believing things are fine and that we give our abuser everything he wants of our own free will and that any problems that arise come from us and not our abuser and that we are so well trained at this that we've even learned to gaslight ourselves and i would add to that that we've learned to gaslight ourselves by claiming that we're honorably following jesus by not speaking up and not contradicting the accepted order of our day when it's blatantly evil and wrong 
or that you're, I see this a lot on Twitter. You see people, uh, they're in their little profile or their username is like, Joe, get vaxxed and wear a mask. Billings or whatever. I made that name up. If you're Joe Billings, sorry. <laughs> but they'll put get vaxxed, wear a mask in their username. And then their profiles, if you click on their profile page, it's like, I am the resistance. To what? And exactly to what? <laughs> and there's this idea out there that, that if you're complying with all the government mandates and the media propaganda. And you're somehow institu- a rebel. The institutional narratives and the that you are the resistance. You're somehow like the hippies in the 60s or the, the anti-war movement in v- uh, against the Vietnam War in the 60s. Somehow, or the 70s. Somehow that's been equated to following the wise counsel of the generous divinities at the Eastern Medical, what did you call them? The Eastern Idaho Medical e- Guru Eastern Institute. Idaho, Eastern Idaho Public Health. Is Public what Health. He called them. <laughs> But another point she brings up, and she summarizes this in a tweet, which I'm seeing next to this article, which is at CaitlinJohnstone.com. But she says, it doesn't matter that you have free speech if nobody ever hears you speak. Even the most overtly totalitarian regimes, you can say whatever you want alone in a soundproof room. She talks about how we think we're free because we can get on social media and talk to in the echo chamber, right? Yeah. She brings up some really good points and some that are a little bit uh, distant. Dis, uh, comforting dis, yeah, dis disconcerting. I think discombobulating because she's right. Men- mentally difficult right. to grapple with. And I don't know her. I don't know her religious background or if she has one. But she says, consider the possibility. She, re- by the way, she she starts every com- uh, paragraph with that. Consider the possibility. Right. Consider the possibility that the only thing keeping us from creating heaven on earth is our inability to clearly see what's going on in our world and thus strategize a truth-based path out of this mess and that the powerful know this and that's and that's and that that's why they work so hard to keeping to keep us from seeing clearly i would add that, that consider the possibility that the only thing keeping us from creating heaven on earth is our rejection of capital T truth and Jesus Christ truth he is the way the truth and is our pathway to heaven on earth. But she, she brings up excellent, excellent points here in that there are things that we all should consider, deeply consider. Spend time inside your own mind and soul searching out answers to these questions because, and these possibilities, because I don't think they're possibilities. I think that in most cases that she brings up, it is reality. She's making a really good point. There was a, a great article I think we've linked to before. I'll bring it up again. Walter Mitty's Second Amendment. And if you've uh, ever seen the show Walter Mitty, there's a movie that uh, Ben Stiller did. E- excellent movie. Excellent movie. That, uh, it's based on an old uh, TV series. I think it was Danny Kay that was uh, the comedian that w- was Walter Mitty. And the idea is he, he, he has this great imagination. And so he does all these heroic things in his own mind. And the great thing about the Walter Mitty, Mitty mover with Ben Stiller is that he actually ends up doing the things in reality, right? Yeah, the, full, the movie's called The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yeah. If you have not seen it, you need to go see it. It's quite good. Yeah, well, he um, that'd be a, a good one to talk about at some point. But Walter, the, the article Walter Mitty's Second Amendment 
asks the question, it's like, well, what good is the Second Amendment if, if we can't take matters into our own hands and affect any sort of real change right. in our world based on the fact that well, we, you, we can protect ourselves from this type of overreach? And that could happen, that could be uh, achieved without firing a single shot. But if a lot of armed people showed up at a Capitol building somewhere, unlike they did in the, at the <clears throat> insurrection, but actually were armed, they might get some people's attention. I'm not calling for that. I'm just saying that you don't, just because the sec, cause that, that quote from the Walter Mitty Second Amendment would imply shooting and killing people. What I'm saying is that just being an armed force has some weight to it. It's a tough situation because they have, they have such high-level control that it, you can't organize. You can't organize any sort of effective resistance. Well, yeah, anybody that tried that would immediately be, would be stomp, stamped out, stomped down, shot, branch and killed. Branch Davidian. I mean, you, you, Branch R- Davidian Ruby Ridged. or Ruby Ridged or uh, Lavoie Finnicumed. Right. You know, that's something worth talking about probably. Right. Not so, just the specific case of Lavoie Finnicum, but the whole idea of this kind of sagebrush rebellion and the way that it's been portrayed in the media, the way that the FBI mm-hmm. has agitated. The FBI, do they ever solve real crimes or just crimes that they planned? I think they just plan crimes. That's what it's turning out. That's, there's been a lot of discussion about that. But that's, that's the awful situation that we find ourselves in right now in that you can't, you can't take up arms. They'll just kill you. There's not enough people willing to do it. We, everybody needs to get the idea at the same time. So we're just supposed to let the bullies like, take our green hat. Well, no, the ants need to realize that they are more numerous than the, the grasshoppers. And this, this showed up in two different movies 20 years ago, Ants and Bugs Life, where the ants realized, no, you can't do that to us. But the, that's where Caitlin Johnstone's article is so important is like, consider the possibility that they already have that kind of control via the propaganda mechanisms. The way that this is solved is if people stop listening to the propaganda. That's the only way to do it. And she says, she says this, she says, consider the possibility that the bastards succeed not by overtly quashing dissent, but by covertly quashing all will towards dissent, and that we succeed not by trying to ward off a dystopia that's already here, but by working to awaken the giant within our brothers and sisters from its propaganda-induced coma. Really good thoughts here in this article. So, and I think that's what we're trying to do here on the Mind Virus Show, and I think that you, the listeners, are also trying to do that with your friends and family. We've been talking about this for a year now, how that's where the real power is, is, is in wake, waking people up. But they have so much power in the, in the media that like dogs to our vo- dogs to their vomit, people go back to trusting them, and that's why I, I've been dancing around this idea: Do we have a long enough memory? Can we remember what happened in the last two years? We should never trust the corporate media again, ever. Right for for anything. Stop watching KSL or CNN or Fox News or whatever. They have not told you the truth. If you think they're not aware of the truth or the possibilities. That's just, that's not correct. That's just illogical. These people do not deserve our attention or our obeisance, our, our obedience, our respect. And that's the problem with 
you know, talking about the church news in the same conversation here is that we, that's where a lot of Mormons are right now is they're, go, they're, they're subconsciously thinking that, but they can't put a finger on it. People who have been gaslighting us for the last two years do not deserve our respect in the future. They're, they are not likely to come out with a repentance moment like, oh, I am so sorry, I wrecked your society and was responsible for the deaths of thousands of children, drug deaths, lack of medical care deaths, okay? Not COVID deaths, suicides. Starvation. Yeah. That's what we're not seeing here. So I I want to articulate this very plainly. They do not deserve our respect when they act like this. They are not to be trusted if they're going to say things that contradict the reality so blatantly, and it takes a very strong person to disconnect from these institutions that were once thought trustworthy. And it makes me wonder, and I've wondered, I think a lot of our listeners are wondering, why? Why is it that, because the, the, the collapse of trust in institutions, big, big kind of all, found foundational all institutions. institutions, government, media, medical, religious, religious, academic, all of these institutions ha- have basically collapsed. Their trust in them has collapsed. And I've wondered why. Is that because they want to <clears throat> build back better? <laughs> build them back better? Or beca- because, look, I, I know that like, Going forward, there's going to be people who will go see a doctor, and the doctor says, you have X, Y, Z, this is what you should do. And that person's going to say, I don't trust anything you're telling me, because you also told people to get the vaccine and to wear masks. You also, you're the same doctor that told me to get the vaccine, and I did, and now I have X, Y, Z. It's, it's easy to distrust the media. The, the media, trust in the media has declined for it's decades. It's at all-time lows. All-time, I, I mean... But usually and what so that means when they, when they run those polls is it's usually like, well, they ask a Democrat, do you trust the media? And they're like, no, because they're thinking of Fox News. And then they ask a Republican, do you trust the media? And they're like, no, because they're thinking of MSNBC, CNN, but, ABC, but, NBC, Fox. But numbers also <laughs> would indicate that people aren't just distrustful of them. They're, they're turning them off. They're not watching. Right. This is why Joe Rogan gets 50 million views but, for having Dr. Malone on. But, but I, if you ask the same question, polls and maybe there are polls out there like this i need to go find them do you trust do you trust academia you might have people say no i don't and then you you take it one further do you trust this your alma mater do you trust byu do you trust no ucla or stanford where you went to school do you trust the, that those people are telling the truth i think people are going to be a lot more conflicted at that point the listeners now think that jordan bruno went to ucla or stanford i think that's i'm willing to let that ambiguity stand do you still trust the University of Phoenix? <laughs> no. No, and, not... Any, anyway, so, so I guess it's just the question is why, why is it that this is... Because the people who run these institutions are the, really the only ones still propagating all of this stuff. Barry Weiss, who is a female, not, it's not Barry like Barack Obama. Like Barry White? Yeah, Barry, Barry Weiss, White, B-A-R-I, I believe. She used to be a New York Times writer. She left and wrote a 
scathing letter. She has a very deep voice. I don't think she does. She likes to sing. But she she went on Bill Maher, who I think is a huge jerk, but has done some good things with lockdowns. And but who, why, and why now? Because like, right. he doesn't seem like, he doesn't strike no, me as a freedom-loving... No, he's not. He's uh, not. Truth teller. But she went on his show and said that she's, quote, done with COVID. And she's getting a lot of pushback. Like, oh, you can't just be done with COVID. And, and I thought, well, of course you can. A lot of us in this country never did COVID. Quote, you know, we never got, yeah, we I never think a lot bought more, into all a of lot that more crap. People, we, kept living, we kept living our lives as normally as we were allowed to. Especially in red states. Right. You know, especially in places where the, the government didn't, wasn't able to pull that all the way over on us. People just kept living their lives. And the, and the, the do-gooder little bureaucrats would pass these regulations and people would just ignore them. The point I'm getting at is that the last people on the planet you know, who are still doing COVID are the institutions. That's why I trust in them. One of the reasons why they have n- no trust left. And I shared the experience of going to the basketball game where the only people wearing masks were the institutional leaders. It was very symbolic. Mm-hmm. They have to know, right? Or are they so out of touch? These institutional leaders have to know that they have that nobody trusts them anymore that nobody's listening to them anymore well i don't think that the public is realizing that they don't trust them they their their spidey sense is tingling you know they're they're hearing the holy ghost or whatever they're they're hearing the intimations of god's truth telling them things are wrong but i don't think the public has articulated it well enough and that's our job here bobby is to articulate it in a way so that people think about it and i like the caitlin johnstone article because she says consider the possibility She's, it's very in your face. We know what she's trying to say, but she asks it in the form of a question. And so we'll title today's podcast, Consider the Possibility. But you need to consider that possibility that you have been lied to in ways that are far deeper and for than a long, you want to admit, and for long a long time. time. She concludes her articles, she says, consider the possibility that there is so much more to us than we've been permitted to know, and that the only thing keeping us from achieving our true potential as a species, and I would add as individuals, at this point in history is a propaganda-induced misunderstanding of what is freedom and what is slavery. Yeah. George Orwell opens 1984 with, freedom is slavery, strength is weakness, I'm going to butcher now, but these inversions, right? Right. We've been taught... War is peace. War is peace. We've been taught to believe that war is peace and that freedom is slavery. We've been literally taught that. How many dang people over the last two years have said, you know, freedom, oh, freedom, freedom. I guess I haven't so been dumb. listening to those guys. That's I, I'm still seeing it. Idiotic. I see it a lot on, 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 you on just social media, say, what are, right? What are you brain damaged? And it's just like, do you not understand that freedom without... Freedom and liberty are two different things, but they're the foundation of everything. And without them, without them, we are, do- we are lost. We are completely lost. And we're losing them rapidly. You know, we've, we've lost them steadily over the last hundred years. We're now losing them rapidly. And there are people out there who believe and think that they're, they're, they're doing so virtuously and righteously that freedom is dangerous and that liberty is dangerous. That freedom, D-U-M-B, 
that people who value freedom are stupid people who don't understand science and safety and have no, uh, no uh, regard for their fellow man. Freedom is selfish. That's like, that would be the new Orwell, right? Instead of freedom is slavery, it'd be freedom is selfish. Yeah, oh, and, and this is the problem is when you have somebody who really understands, how do you talk to, how do you talk to those people? You can't. How do, how do you use persuasion, meekness, gentleness, love unfeigned, pure knowledge, when they are so keyed into the mind control mechanisms it's, that, they, that they would crucify you, they will kill you and that, say they're doing God's work? You can't. You can't talk to them. I don't think. You certainly can't do it on Twitter. That's what, creates the, that's what creates the conflict we've been concerned about. This is the conflict that everybody knows occurs in the last days, neighbor I, versus neighbor. Or I whatever. have to think that you know, we have limited record of Jesus's ministry, right, in the Gospels mm-hmm. and some of the apocryphal works. I have to think that if anybody could use the art of persuasion, it, it was him. And, you know, of course, we've read his words and and still there were people that, despite the miracles that they witnessed, despite the, the sermons, despite the spirit that he obviously carried with him, there were still people that, in the face of all of that, crucified him and thought they were doing God's work. Mm-hmm. Those people still exist today. And they will crucify us, metaphorically or, or not. Or literally. Thinking that we are doing God's work. I mean, just look around. You have people being quarantined forcibly, which is called imprisonment. You have people getting beat up by cops. You have citizens beating up other citizens, throwing them out of stores. You have people calling for more of this. You have people among us, your neighbors, will turn you into the Stasi if they can, and they are believing they're doing, the, doing God's work. Maybe less and less now. I think more people are waking up. Depends maybe on where you live, but I still think that there are the seeds of conflict are, have been planted. And now we're talking about who, what, why, and now maybe that, that the coronavirus was the watering of the seeds because these seeds have been planted for a long time. And now they're waiting for their, those things to grow up and they harvest what they've sowed, to reap what they've sowed. And that's, that's a good question. We've talked around that a lot. What do they really want? What do they, re- do they really just, do they have what they want, like Caitlin asks? Or, or is, the, is the conflict becoming so clear now because their intention is to destroy the world? They never have, they never have what they want because they always want more. I don't think they want to destroy the world in the sense of like a post-nuclear fallout because the, the oligarchy doesn't want to live in that world. They 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 don't want yeah, to live. The king needs. They don't want to the live. The king needs a constituency. They need. They right. need subjects. They need an economy going. What they what they want is to destroy the brains, the minds of the people of the world. And if that means killing a few million or billion people, then they'll do that. And most of that's going to occur in places we like to ignore anyway, like Africa. You know, uh, the. Or, or China or India, where there's too many people anyway, right? Too many useless eaters, and they'll just kill off a few million of those or more. <clears throat> and I say that, you know, kind of crassly because that's the way they think of it. Not the way I, I th- I'm not supporting that idea, okay? But they want to control everything that we do and think and say. 
because that gives them ultimate power. It's one if they wanted to just wipe us all out, they could have done that. They could have gone up in shuttles, nuked the world, and and then come back. But what would they come back to? Right? They right. don't want to preside. Right. They don't want to be the king over the the road. You know, the the this isn't the, a, the novel and the movie, The Road. They don't want that world. Yeah, it's not it's, a. It's not about. Uh, It's it's not about the gold and the land, you know, and the fine things if you don't have the people to go along with it. They all want to be Kristoff from the Truman Show and run their own little worlds and control the every thought and, and action of the people. And that was the ultimate to, to, you know, to get theological, as we often do. That was... That was Satan, right? That was his idea. Give me the glory and the power, and I will make sure that none are lost. Just worship me. Give me the glory and the power, and I will do this. And none will be lost. Well, of course, that's a lie. All would be lost. But the idea that people can be free and to be, be free to ignore these jerks and to pursue things that they don't like whether it's uh, becoming a rancher that produces uh, dis- earth-destroying cattle or, uh, you know, being a, it doesn't matter, right? But, but they hate the idea that there are people out there who can be successful and be happy and live productive lives, content to live with their families and to pursue little guilty pleasures like vacations and music or whatever without any care for these bleep faces that want to control our every thought, our every action, our every deed. They want to be our gods. That's ultimately what it is. Let's just cut to it. They want to be the gods of this earth, and they want us to worship them. Right. I, <clears throat> they, 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 there's some nuance here, because there needs to be economy, right? There needs to be... You, you mentioned... Going, going our own way and doing, making our, producing our own things and yeah, having, our, having our own guilty pleasures or whatever. I don't, and I don't, I don't know. That, I don't know that a vacation is even a guilty well, pleasure. You, you but, know what I mean? Just things but, that are. What I mean, and I don't mean we do that like a galt's gulch independently. I mean that we. I'm all for be able free, to do, free trade and Be able and to do it without, and, without government intervention, in, uh, government or, ta- taxation or, or into you, oblivion. Right, and, and, and especially without, Having to look over your shoulder for OSHA's vaccine mandate. Right, and especially without the moralization of all of it, to try to make us feel bad because we drive an SUV or uh, that we, you know, we don't... Yeah, that's, that's crazy because it's their... homage to them. It's their system that, that, that was built up by the robber baron oligarchy... And the the ownership of this, when you when you really get down to it, these these big huge companies are owned by a very small portion of the country. Sometimes they call them the one percent. Sometimes it's the one percent of the one percent. Yeah, it's what C.J. Hopkins calls globo cap. It, it gets narrowed. It gets more and more narrow. More and more of a small group. The higher you get, they control control even more wealth proportionately. But and they all got. Absurdly more wealthy during the pandemic. The, just the let, thing, yeah, and the, don't the forget thing, that. The thing is, I think the thing that you're highlighting here. I just want to recap it because <clears throat> it's good to be industrious. It's good to want to provide economy for your friends and your family in an equitable or an a non iniquitous way. Uh, right. There's nothing wrong with okay, working for a living. It's okay to even do in that a, stuff. even in a fallen, corrupt 
system, right? But, There's nothing wrong with going and working for a company yeah, for 40 years. And it's okay if to that's be... that's what you want to do. It's okay to be a merchant, to be like a merchant who sells uh, sheep or or cows or whatever, like you were talking about. Or bikes about. or books or yeah. video games or whatever you want to sell. But, but we have this interesting sort of juxtaposition in Revelation chapter 18 where Babylon has been destroyed in one hour. And it is, isn't it interesting how now we, as we've got these interlinked economies and banking systems and everything's online, how the possibility that the world economy could be destroyed in an hour, if you're going to take that literally is actually possible. That We're now to the point where that's actually a possibility. And so anyway, if you look at Revelation chapter 18, remember the, the good people have been excluded from the agora, from the town center, from the, from the commerce, and from the exchange of ideas in Revelation chapter 13, and Babylon is destroyed, and there's this lament for Babylon uh, saying, alas, alas, that great city Babylon, for th- that mighty city in one hour, thy judgment is come. And the merchants, this is verse 11 of chapter 18, and the merchants of the earth, so th- this is talking about the bad merchants now, okay? These are the, this is the globo cap or the oligarchy merchants. They shall weep and mourn over her, over Babylon, for no man buyeth their merchandise anymore. Now, this is the, the reason I bring this up is because listen to what their merchandise is, because this differs in, in a couple of very significant ways from the merchandise of the good people, the regular people who are just engaging in, in economic activity. Their merchandise is gold and silver, precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple and silk, scarlet, all thine wood, all manner vessels of ivory, all manner vessels of the most precious wood and of brass and iron and marble and cinnamon and odors and ointment. Isn't it funny how odors there is? That means perfumes, right? I'm not going to translate this real time out of the Greek. Uh, (laughs) This is King James Version. Ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots. That's all you know, that's, that's all stuff that is needed in the economy. But the final cappers are these, and slaves and souls of men. Think about that. They trade in slaves and in the souls of men. Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and pearl and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, for in one hour so great riches has come to naught. And they cried when they saw the smoke and her burning. The, that's what I think you're getting at, is they traffic in the souls of men. Absolutely, they, they, they That's think not they, metaphorical. That's not metaphorical. They think they own you. And that's where Caitlin is right. There needs to be a mass awakening, a mass it's, it's, change it's of heart It's more than here. that they think they own you. They believe that they are entitled to you. They don't think they own you. They... They absolutely 100% believe they are entitled to They believe they have the divine right to rule you. Exactly. They are the gods of this world. They believe that in all their hearts. And there's an interesting passage in the Book of Mormon that I I find important because we've been talking about, well, what do you do? Because on the table is this idea, 
that well submitting to the tyranny is honorable that's essentially yeah, let what the guys take your green hat that's what the president of uh byu idaho is saying is submitting to the tyranny is exactly what jesus would do well on the other hand thomas jefferson and his cohorts said we hold these truths to be self-evident and if you go back and read the Declaration of Independence, remember that self-evident truths weren't just life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but also that governments are instituted among men for the benefit of mankind, and that when the government becomes destructive to your natural rights, that it is your right and your duty, not just your right, but your duty to throw off those evil guards. But again, that's a problem. Taking up arms will get you killed. So this is why Breaking our friends out of the mind prison, breaking our families out of the mind prison is so important, and it will result in conflict. It has to result in conflict because not everybody wants to come out of the mind prison, but you have to bring them out of the mind prison. And Prohoran to Moroni in Alma chapter 61 made an important point because the question is, should you submit or should, should you go quietly into the night or not? This is what Pohoran knew. He said, we would subject ourselves to the yoke of bondage if it were requisite with the justice of God or if he should command us to do so. And the anti-Nephi-Lehi's, some of them felt like they should. But behold, he doth not command us that we shall subject ourselves to our enemies, but that we should put our trust in him and he will deliver us. How much trust has been put in God how much faith has been exercised against this pandemic? Or was it faith in the arm of the flesh? Institutionally, and the wise, in, the wise and, and thoughtful institutionally, leaders Institutionally, none. Zero. Yeah. God has been eliminated from the conversation. Let me... Let me I, I'm going to give you my final thoughts. I know we've been going for a while here, but I want to... I humor, humor me, Bobby. Humor me, Bobby. Hey, compared to last week, this is a short episode. A short episode. Humor me here because... The words of the Lord to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, I think, are totally relevant here. This is, you know, you, you got to get in touch with God. you got to figure out what you need to do. But clearly, truth is not off the table. Okay, right now, there's been an explosion of light in the last 20 years. The internet, a lot of things have come to light. People need to change. We need to recognize the chains that bind us and throw them off because the truth sets us free. Nicodemus and Jesus' episode here is interesting because uh, I'll avoid getting too deep into this. It's like the Matrix movie or Free Guy in one chapter <laughs> in John because he's essentially saying, break out of the Matrix. Uh, Nicodemus comes to him and he says, look, uh, rabbi, teacher, you know, and he had to come to him at night. Nicodemus was on the Sanhedrin. He was, a, he was a member of the oligarchy. He's like, we know you're a great teacher. Come from God because nobody can do these miracles except they, that God be with him. And Jesus says, well, unless a man is born again, he's not going to see the kingdom of God. And this, is, this may sound like a paraphrase. I want you to know that I've studied the Greek, okay? The, John chapter 3 in the, in the Gospel of John perhaps is one of the most excellent literary works ever created, okay? I don't say that lightly. Of the utmost importance that we try to understand this. Unless a man is born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says to Jesus, well, how's a man going to be born when he's old? You know, can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? That's his, 
his and ex John's exposing here how Nicodemus's thoughts were low and vulgar, not understanding what he's talking about. There are greater things. There is a greater awakening. Not only not only are there multiple levels in the free guy free city simulation where he has to go from one to a hundred, but there are greater worlds out there that the creators inhabit, and you're supposed to be aspiring to that, right? He says, "How can how can you go back into your mother's womb?" Jesus says, "Well, of a truth, or or verily, verily, amen, amen." I say to you, unless you're born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Don't marvel that I said to you that you must be born again. Don't wonder at this. This is, this is understandable, Nicodemus. And he says to them, him this really enigmatic thing. He says, the wind, this, the wind, the word here, wind, is pneuma in Greek. It means both spirit, wind, and breath. So this is, a, this is an incredibly poetic way to say it. The Lord says, the wind blows where it wants, and you hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. So also is everyone born of the spirit. And that's what we're getting at here with the Pahoran versus the, the anti-Nephi-Lehi's, but, uh, but this mass awakening. You can't be controlled by the oligarchy, and when you're, con- when you're no longer controlled by the oligarchy, you have to wake up and be blown about by the wind by the spirit, by the breath of life from the gods. And you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. You can't control these people. (laughs) They're like a leaf on the wind. Nicodemus answers and says, how can these things be? And Jesus gets a little frustrated. He says, well, are you a master of Israel? Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? He's saying, you are supposed to understand this. You come from... The institution, you claim to have knowledge. You claim to be wise. You're a master and in thoughtful. Israel. And thoughtful. You claim, you claim those titles, and you don't get it? He says, verily, verily, I say to you, we, meaning he and his students, we speak of things we know and we testify of what we have seen, and you won't listen to our witness. If I told you of earthly things, I'm telling you of earthly things, right? But baptism, cleansing, cleansing, getting cleansed here, being born again of water and then the Spirit. Because if the, like Joseph Smith said, the baptism of water availeth nothing if it's not followed by the baptism of fire. If you don't catch the fire, then your baptism of water is worth nothing. He says, if I've told you of these earthly things and you believe not, how are you going to believe when I tell you of heavenly things? No man has ascended up into heaven except he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And he's not just talking about himself there. He's talking about people who came from a higher place. I won't get into it. I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding hours worth of context here, Bobby, because there's some really interesting nuances here. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now he's talking about himself so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. will have life through the eons of progression. Because God so loved the cosmos, the system, that was put in question. Go back to our podcast on war. God so loved that cosmos that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, life in the real world. For God sent not his son into the cosmos to condemn the 
cosmos, but that the cosmos through him might be saved. And by the way, that word in Greek is cosmos. It does mean world, but it can mean more than that. And it does apply to this world, too. This world is in the cosmos. So through him, the world also might be saved. He that believeth on him, and this is more than just believing in Christ. This is, this is believing Christ. This is believing truth. This is believing the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's not just, oh, I believe that Jesus was a, the real guy and he did suffer for our sins and all that stuff. No, it's far more than just kind of the born-again idea that, you know, I just have to admit that I've been saved. You've got to work hard at this, your, your relationship with the Lord. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. That passage right there has to do with counterfeits, the name of the only begotten Son of God. There's a lot of names for the Lord, but one is Christ. And in this case, this has to do with the idea that the the evil one wants you to think he is Christ. He wants you to think he is the only begotten. Go read Moses chapter 1. He tells Moses that. He says, worship me, son of man. I am the only begotten. He tries to get Moses to worship him, to focus on him. And that's exactly what we've all done. We've focused on the systems of the adversary to the point of destruction. We put too much faith in, in his systems. He thinks you should worship him as Christ. You know, you know, we've talked about this before, right? Christ means anointed one. Right. And the reason that he, he's called the anointed one is because you anoint kings and queens and priests and priestesses in the model of the Savior. That's where they get their, their, their presumed authority, is that they're, that they're following the model of the Savior. Well, Jesus Christ is the true anointed one for this world. The world was usurped. The Hamlet myth, for example, Hamlet, just Shakespeare's Hamlet, that's an older myth that's describing the idea of a, an uncle or a brother who takes over the kingdom, right. steals the woman, okay? Lion King. Lion King, same thing. Okay, that, the young lion is Jesus. The Lion King analogy is so apt because you got the lion in there. Well, it's just Hamlet, right? Hamlet with lions. Yeah, but it's a lion. Yeah. Right? right. The Lion of Judah. Right, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so it's like in your face. So he, he, the world has been stolen. The world has been stolen and it's been corrupted. And we do have gods here that are trying to suck the life out of us. Gods they of do this trade. world. They trade in the souls of men. And that situation will be rectified. And you need to recognize that you've, at every point, every point there's light in this world, Satan and his minions are trying to get you to convert that light, either institutionally or personally, into worship of them and their system, not the true God. That's why the condemnation is that if you haven't believed in the true God, you're condemned. And he goes on and he says it. This is the condemnation. This is verse 19. That light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. It's easy to suck into their systems and their belief structures because it's easy, and you get lots of people to get enriched by that, and they take power over their fellow men, and they can signal their virtue. Look at me. Look at how virtuous I am. Look, I'm following the prescribed norms rather than being like a leaf on the wind where nobody knows whether I'm following the Spirit, and I'm personally taking responsibility for my own relationship with light and with truth and with the true gods. 
I mean, that's the juxtaposition here that you should be considering when you read chapter 3 of John. This is the condemnation. Light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil, and they love to signal their virtue <laughs> would be added. Well, that, that story of Moses is appropriate, too, because we, we learned from Moses the formula, if you want to call it that, for defeating that fake light, that evil darkness. Moses uses his knowledge, which he just gained right before Satan showed up, that he's a son of God. Satan calls him son of man. But Moses knows his true nature, and he says, get thee hence. Like, Mm -hmm. who are you? You're a joke. I've already seen God, thankfully. (laughs) Right, right. Well, that's true of all of us. Understanding our divine nature, our divine potential, means that we can better recognize those counterfeits, right? And once we realize that, we touched on this theme last week with Free Guy. We, we talked about it with Truman Show. When you understand your, your true nature, that opens up the possibility for ascension, for progress, for leveling up, right? And that's... For, yeah, when greater you, knowledge, revelation. Right. And that's where, that's where line upon line, precept upon precept comes into, into play. That's where that... But that can't really happen very effectively without that divine knowledge, without that recognition of who you really are. Consider the possibility that you are a literal son of a god, of gods, and that you are literally divine. Consider that possibility, and then approach the world. Consider that your honor will be in remaining faithful to that truth that you know deep down inside what you know is right versus what the authorities are telling you. That is honor. That right. used to be honor. Right. When you did what you knew was right at all costs. That's the intention of the whole chalk line. Make me give my word. Right. But right. it's turned into a manipulation into, oh, give your word that you'll follow the authorities. And now the authorities are telling you that you should mask up and get vaccinated. So if you don't, if you don't do that, then you must not be loyal to those authorities. And the implication in that speech and then and also explicitly has been stated by institutional religious leaders, LDS and otherwise, that doing so is Christ-like. Following the government is Christ-like. People have said that, and I, I reject that idea. The uh, wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound of it, but thou canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Well, it's been a good conversation today. I appreciate it. Um, appreciate all of you guys listening, guys and gals listening. Um, share, share the podcast if you feel the need. <laughs> you know the drill, right? Like, comment, subscribe, all of that. Hit the red button. Do we, we even have a subscribe option? <laughs> Probably I guess you not. Can, I think, I, I guess in the podcast <laughs> aggregation applications, you can subscribe. Right. I don't know. I think... If you're coming to a website, our website, you just have to come every week. There is a link on the website to the Spotify page. Yeah, you can, that's an you option. You can follow us there. You, you guys know the drill, obviously. I, I personally, I listen on Spotify and maybe Apple as well to bump the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it really helps. But of course, the website has an advantage in that there's a lot of all these things we talk about, we say, oh, we'll link to that. We'll, we'll post this. I think, we, I think we, our audience is growing a little bit. I, you know, I do this because it's fun talking to Bobby. Yeah, we have a good time. 
I hope you, and I hope that it's helpful. Hopefully, it gives you guys something to think about. And if it doesn't, or it does, we need we, to hear some feedback or send us an email or whatever. Um, but, did we get did we get many uh, comments on the last one? Uh, I think we got might have got one from Whitaker. We got a couple from Whitaker. One was about about vitamin C, and the other was about oh, he mentioned the good place. We we should have brought this up at the start. Uh, he mentioned the the show The Good Place with Ted Danson as the demiurge. <laughs> have you have you I watched don't think that? I've show? Seen that show. Oh, that's really interesting. Uh, I, I didn't follow that all the way through to the end, but I watched the first couple of seasons, and it's it's very very thought provoking. Um, but anyway, Whitaker, thanks for your comments. I'm not going to read them here because we want all you all to go read his very interesting comments <laughs> on the website and comment back. Yeah, thanks again, everybody. We will let you go. Um, remember, find us at mindvirus.show. And uh, like to turn the time over to Bobby Flood for the closing prayer. <laughs> and after that, if the deacons could please uh, clear the chairs. <laughs> no, leave them up. Leave them up. There's a fireside tonight. There's a fireside tonight. Don't take them down. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. We love you. And we are signing off. <laughs>